Hey everyone, it's Jeremy. Welcome to Days of Future Cast. Uh, this is one of two episodes that me and Gary are going to be covering Days of Future Past the movie on. Um, just want to give you a quick heads up to go check out daysoffuturecast.com slash schedule to keep up with what we're going to be covering afterwards. We're going to go get into some 90s Avengers goodness. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Donate a couple of bucks a month. Every little bit helps. Uh, you can get access to our cool Slack channel. You can get access to episodes early. You can make... D- make Gary and Cole play bad games. There's all sorts of cool stuff to do over there. Patreon.com slash DuckFeedTV. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the X-Men and Marvel-related podcast that Gary and I have been doing for so long now. We have uh, almost run out of all X-Men media. I'm <laughs> just kidding. There's so much. There's so yeah. much, Gary. We're never going to finish. It's going to be awesome. We're never, we're never going to finish. And opening up to Marvel stuff, like Get Out. And yeah. then the, the New Mutants coming out. We got, oh, yeah. uh, you got yeah. your, you got your uh, uh, what's it said? That, uh, yeah, Legion. Which just we, got, we are, we're swimming in it. Just got renewed for season three, and uh, I think uh, I think that that is is going to be a lot of fun to cover. But there's also that other X Man show that's on uh, Fox. Yeah, yeah. There's just that one that's just out there. There, where you know, yeah. Um, the, the I, I when the, watched Deadpool two, we got to do Deadpool one. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Deadpool two. By the way, uh, I don't know that we've talked since we've both seen it. I, I find it Mm-mm. extremely great. I, I thought it was even better than the yeah, first yeah. one. Um, I'm me too. I'm really glad you liked it. I was worried that maybe maybe you wouldn't. But like, it's an X Men movie. It is. It's like, it's like a straight up X Men movie. Like there's there's a lot more X Men and lore shit in it than there was in the first one. Like I was watching it and I was like, all these fucking normies in the theater laughing at all these jokes. They don't understand the significance of X House. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like, they don't know who this prison cameo is. Do you have these your fools. phone on dark mode so you can angrily type into your blog during this? You will not believe uh, was, that the jokes that these people are laughing at. These rubes. I, I was more or less subtweeting all of uh, Middlebrow Portland <laughs> during the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. Good so, job, Gary. Good yeah. job. Yeah, but the uh, it it is it's like it is a straight up X Men movie. I was mm-hmm. I was so into it. I'm gonna go see it again actually, and it's I don't go see movies in the theater twice very often, but like it was super fun, and I just want to catch more details. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, very quick jokes that are very uh, significant as far, if you're an X-Man fan, I think. And I'm, yeah. I kind of want to go see that again. I don't know if I'll go see it in the theater again. Uh, we, I, I drug Autumn. I say drug. That Autumn and her dad wanted to go. So we, we, the three of us went. Um, but I don't know if I can make that happen a second time. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah let's all meet together once a month. Yeah. Um, this is our family reunion. His name is Ryan Reynolds. The, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the, the point is... Uh, if you, when you think about Gary and Jeremy, I want you to think swimming in it, swimming because because we're swimming in it. Like as, as far as X Men content, we're swimming. In it. Like just imagine our faces, and then one of us leans forward to whisper in your ear, "I'll let you choose," and just they they go swimming in it. 
you know yeah. i'll uh i'll make this a binaural uh recording so it'll be just like it'll be like that uh what is that video game that hellblade setsuna game where it, like talk to you like it whispers all mm-hmm. around your head with headphones like we're just gonna make the days of future cast version of that and it's just gonna be yeah gambit no <laughs> like it's just gonna be really bad we're gonna steal we, we, we all of the that. asmr videos and everything to guppy that's what we're gonna do in this podcast it's, it's gonna it's gonna be like that except like the actual content will just be like I think Peter Dinklage is pretty good in this. Like it's, it's real stuff. just real bland observations about Days of Future Past. Also, to prime the audience for me saying uh, Days of Future Past and Days of Future Cast, uh, interchanging them freely. I don't know uh, which, which one we do honestly anymore. Yeah. So this is I don't know which one yeah. we have watched. I don't know which one we record. Uh, so it's going to be very hard to keep up with. And yeah, just just forgive us for that on the outset because I've I, I have done it when I'm writing stuff and when I've been telling mm-hmm. people that of what I'm going to do. So um, I guess and, we could call it Dafka and Dafka. Dafka. In our defense, they rhyme. Yes. So it is hard to keep words that rhyme straight. Between also, other, in our know? defense, we named the podcast. It's not like we were forced to use this name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like Fox owns us. Yeah. Um, um, although, if you want to, Fox. Ring, ring. I'm here. Like a, like a, a, a sponsorship for this would be very funny. Like a, like an official sponsorship. <laughs> this is brought to you by New Mutants, you know? Um, that would be a very, very strange thing. Like, what if all of a sudden, like, this was by far the most lucrative duck feed show, and you and I both made something like, you know, five thousand dollars per episode in sponsorship sure yeah kind of things because because one of the things i mean that segues kind of into this uh thing is one of the uh bits of research i do for the show when we do a movie is i read the wikipedia article mm-hmm. and that doesn't sound like much but if you just read a wikipedia back to back you learn a lot of shit uh so i was learning about like production and promotion things and uh the most absurd part of any wikipedia for a movie <clears throat> to me is always the promotional section because they're like there's a train in europe where every train car was themed after one of the characters and i'm like what the fuck man <laughs> like, the idea like I, i'm well I'm, I'm going to luxembourg and uh, i'll be staying in the mystique suite oh maybe i should see that movie you know i don't i don't understand how that works from a marketing perspective at all what does the ian mckellen yeah. train car look like is it just is it just a bottle of it's, is it's it just, just a, one of those like monday through friday pill holders that... it, it's the uh it's it's actually one of the cars from world war ii it's re- <laughs> oh, wow. recreated okay oh god <laughs> this went dark <laughs> yeah the, the magneto car is not the train car you want to be in i just the um the the rogues car is only there if you pay for the uh the physical copy the take-home version so yeah (laughs) (laughs) to present the rogue cut into a little slot and then uh and then you have to power it yourself it has to steal your power you power it with bikes yes of course um yeah but yeah we are uh we're talking about the days of future past movie Yes, today. the sequel to uh, First Class, and uh, I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited about this movie. Uh, just like First Class, you and I actually watched this together uh, several months ago when mm-hmm. we were down here visiting me, and uh, once again, like just a blast to hang out with my X-Men bud and watch an X-Men and talk about some X-Men. So, uh, like that's that was some of the most funnest shit that we did down here. Yeah, yeah, it's super super fun. Uh, like great memory, and then also this is a good ass movie. Yes, uh, I, I think this this is this is real up there as far as X-Men movies go. I think. Um, it, and it, it stands up pretty well like i watched it a couple months ago watched it again yesterday and it's like it's really good um this is a great movie 
Yeah, I was uh, I was working from home most of the day yesterday and uh, just watching this in the background while making notes when I was like on a phone call or, or doing something else. Like I was trying to kind of multitask this. So it took me all day to watch it, but I, I've already seen it. So I'm not like, you know, I've seen it four or five times. I'm not worried about that. But uh, it is just like the fight scenes and stuff, especially uh, the future set fight scenes are some of the my mm-hmm. most favorite X-Men fight scenes ever. Like it's just fun. Uh, all They're of super these, imaginative, yeah. Yeah, especially the way they incorporate Blink's powers with everybody else's it feels like they have trained on that shit for years like that feels mm-hmm. like the ultimate culmination of an x-men team when they start really mixing and matching everybody's powers like that um they, it's they, cool to see them do that well in the future and not so well in the past too absolutely like yeah. mm-hmm. there's barely a team in the past like this isn't a <laughs> no. team movie when it's in the past like it's, it, not, it's only yeah. a team movie in the future which is you know if you want to get wanky about it which like I, I i do sure uh the the uh that that's kind of important because it's before this is at a time like the this the past sections of this are where the X-Men are like super splintered, you know? Um and then the next movie for all of its faults, which we'll talk about uh, you know, in several months down the line, uh Apocalypse, at the very least does show I think it's like the first of these movies to finally show that like the team as we'll see it together. Mm-hmm. You know, the first movie is about putting together the team and their kind of rookie run. Then because that movie ends on such a downer note, the team collapses. This is not like really a team movie. Most of the team gets uh, autopsied. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the team does get cut into little pieces. I, I, I was thinking, you know, speaking of Deadpool too, like the, the speed at which they're killing ancillary characters is a little bit worrying to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can understand why you'd be like, you know, oh, we we just never need to do Banshee. You know, but like, really, you just never, you never want to do a Banshee story, just ever, ever, ever. Like, you just want to cut off that that thing. Like, I understand killing Azazel, killing Riptide, but like, just there'll just never be a Banshee story, huh? Yeah, especially you know? because Banshee is, was so young in that first movie and not yeah. terrible. Like, he wasn't a bad dude. Uh, like, it, no, you no. know, I I would like to see him replaced with like a either that dude getting older or like you know a Ron Weasley type that because that dude grew up to be kind of hunky hunky guy that could probably pull off yeah. an Irish accent and you know to have him be an adult and like do some crime some crime fighting shit like be a cop or something yeah. you know what I'm saying like He's I'd like to interval. see some of that yeah yeah like you you could I'm just kind of it's just kind of surprising to me the the speed in which they just kill people off you know and I guess this this is the movie that introduces like a lot of time uiminess so like it's possible they could undo that shit, but it just feels like between this, just watching this in quick succession with Deadpool too. I'm like, man, you've, you've killed off a lot of characters, you know? So, um, speaking of some timey wimey stuff, I think we'd be, uh, I think we need to talk about how well this movie does time travel. Um, mm-hmm. and it is just astonishing to me, no pun intended, that, um, this thing was able to reconcile, not just like the first two movies, which I think people kind of expected when we started seeing previews with, uh, you know, that Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart were back, but also incorporating stuff from the third movie, which I don't think yep. anybody really expected because I think everyone just wanted to brush it under the, under the rug. Uh, and then at the end of this, like having a, a, a forward moving plot line, like having this happen yep. in the future and still the ability to grow these characters in a different way up to that the end of this movie is kind of a, a really great feat of storytelling uh i, I just i'm yeah. kind of boggled that the time travel works as well as it does it's a it's i mean it's a time travel as the the key that unlocks like a really interesting problem which is how to reconcile these two timelines and i'm so glad they did that because like as somebody who likes the first three x-men movies like and even the third one to a degree, like, even if I don't like it, I feel like it needs to be acknowledged. You know, I just have that feeling of like, Oh, that, that stuff happened. That was mm-hmm. real, man. You know, um, the, uh, and just being able to fold that all together as opposed to just literally doing a, a, a restart. 
you know, like a, like a, a modern style reboot. You know, the, the, the new, the, the 2014, 2015 Spider-Man movies, which, which I haven't seen, they don't reconcile the first three Spider-Man movies, but it'd be cool if they did, you know, oh, like man. why, why not just have this, you know, having more, uh, uh, you know, having more of this stuff in the canon, like, and there, there's been, there's a big backlash against, uh, Marvel movies in general. And the idea that like, um, there, it's borrowing a lot of strength from having this weight of a lot of history that it doesn't earn. Uh, I don't care about any of that. Like it all works on me really well. Yeah, so the same. idea, like when I saw infinity war, the fact that I'd seen every movie leading up to it did enhance my experience. Like the, 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 you know, it, critic and me could understand why that's kind of a trick. Uh, it doesn't matter though. Cause it's a trick that worked on me and I'm happy it worked on me and being able to do that with X-Men shit too, where it's like, I, this is not just a sequel to first class. It's a sequel to all these movies I've seen a bunch of times and, and, and mostly love. Um, just makes it feel more powerful like this all being one big story is like a really good thing and i hope when they when the x-men go into the mcu um i know that they're going to ditch a lot of this stuff right like i, I it'd be very hard for me to believe that they just keep continuity they'll want you know the people the 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 studio will have directors that want to tell these iconic stories again you know they're, they're going to want to tell days of future past again i bet um i hope they don't I hope that they find a way to square that circle and just have the Foxiverse and the Marvelverse like exist together because I do feel like these stories are better with all that history. And it's also extremely comic-y. Like that is a, that is part of the, the idea of comics. Like that is a, a very comic book way to treat these. And that's something I like about comics, you know? Me, me too. Like the, I, I don't really, I don't care about canon for the most part. I don't get angry about, you know, what is or isn't canon or anything like that. But for the properties that I love, for these characters that I love, I really enjoy discussing it. And to have mm -hmm. this, to have like all of this, these, these three movies that I thought were just going to be kind of pushed to the side and never really spoken of again, brought into this universe with these characters that I love and to have those connections made in a way that made sense. Not only was it like good storytelling, but it's a, it's a fucking X-Men thing to do, man. Like yeah. X-Men would, you know, I think I've mentioned it yep. before, but like when I, the last current X-Men stuff I read, they brought the original 16 year olds from the past into the future. And Cyclops is like struggling to figure out why he killed Xavier and is a terrorist now <laughs> when he's 16 years old. And the result of that is he runs away with his space pirate dad and leaves earth, which I think is the perfect thing for Cyclops yeah. to do. So ha yep. having like having this kind of story, having this integration with the characters and everything works in a way like the stuff they do with Wolverine here is, is really kind of fascinating and interesting to me. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, the, it, I just, I'm still amazed that it actually works as well as it does. I'm kind of with you. Like I, when we start talking about the X-Men going to the MCU, I'm, I have a little bit of a hope. Like, you know, we didn't have to see uncle Ben die in that, in the new Spider-Man MCU. Mm -hmm. so we didn't have to go through that again. So I'm, I kind of have a hope that we won't have to tell some of these like big, huge stories over again. Or if we do like make it this multi-generational thing, like all of a sudden the fantastic four show up and fi start finding increasingly, you know, older and chubbier Spider-Man actors from other dimensions. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just at the end, there's like a 45 year old Tobey Maguire, just like drinking a beer and reminiscing about Mary Jane. Like it, it make <laughs> go make it go dark mcu come on um yeah but, but I, I hope so too like I'm, I'm very interested to see an mcu take on on the x-men because the, the the outfits and everything are, are so a specific mcu style that i'm very curious how it's going to work with the kind of x-men's coolness factor yeah just visually you know it, it'll be a, it'll be a different thing there's um he's yeah i agree agreed on 
on all those points, you know. Um, the uh, uh, even the Toby Maguire thing, <laughs> even the to- especially the Toby Maguire thing. Um, yeah, there's. Uh, well, I was gonna I was gonna mention something about that. So there's a there's a guy, a YouTube critic called Movie Bob, who is not super fashionable right now because he's got politics that aren't ideal, um, in a left eating the left kind of way. And the um, but he has a a, a series of videos, and he did um, a two parter on how he would fold the uh, the how he would have done Spider Man like folded that in the MCU before it actually happened. Um, and he's done, I think he's done an X-Men and a fantastic Four one as well. And, uh, there's a couple of people who have done this. I think I mentioned the, uh, comic explain guy who's done the ones before and they suck. And the movie ones are really good. The Spider-Man one he did are, it was really excellent, which he pretty much has the first one with Tobey Maguire still as Spider-Man. Uh, he has like a really good explanation for why he wasn't around during Avengers one. Um, and then he passes it on to, uh, uh, Miguel. The, uh, the, the new, new Spider-Man, the ultimate Spider-Man who, uh, who showed up eventually. Um, it's a really good treatment though. It's like worth a watch if, if you feel like seeing a alternate way that they could have actually incorporated the Maguire reverse mm-hmm. into, uh, the modern Spider-Man. Like, I think it's a really smart way to have done it. So. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll try um, to find that and throw a link to it in the show notes so people can take a look. Yeah. At it. I can, I can send it to you. Okay. I won't, I won't make you, uh, make you hunt it, hunt it down. Cause putting in like movie about Spider-Man into YouTube is going to give you a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, the man talks about Spider-Man a lot. Um, the, uh, and, uh, yeah. So do you, uh, do you want to get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, why don't you read us the, uh, the kind of overall synopsis for the, for this movie? Yeah. And the, similar to last time, there is a, uh, uh, kind of two synopsis. So this is kind of the first one that we'll talk about, uh, the version we're actually going to talk about today, which is the Rogue Cut. So we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this came out in 2014. Uh, in the future, the mutants and humans who help them are slaughtered by powerful robots named Sentinels. Xavier, Wolverine, Magneto, Storm, Kitty Pride, and her friends, uh, <laughs> put a sick burn blinking. <laughs> Just to, you know, <laughs> to warp out. Kitty Pride and friends. Her gal pals. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, meet at a monastery in China, and Xavier explains that the Invincible Sentinels were created using the DNA of Mystique that was captured in 1973 when she tried to assassinate their creator, Dr. Bolivar Trask. Uh, Xavier tells uh, them that their only chance is to return in 1973 using Kitty Pride's ability uh, to join Charles Xavier and Eric Lenscher to convince Mystique to give up her intention. It's a weird sentence. This they send Wolverine back in time to do so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, however, only Wolverine can withstand the damages of time travel. Will he succeed in stopping Mystique in the Sentinel program and save the mutants and their human friends from annihilation? The human friends get a lot of mention during that. They're uh, human that friends. I love this. <laughs> I wish <laughs> it's, just, it's like they're pets. The only like, uh, the only indication yeah. we get of the humans in the in the future is just like maybe some like some people walking around like what very much looks like a future concentration camp. Um, so yeah, we, the, we don't we don't know that they don't have powers. Like we we just have to assume. Like the opening narration says humans who help them, but that feels like ADR to me. Oh, I, like I they assumed because you know, just... they showed several people with the with the big M over their face. So I just assumed that those were all mutants. Yeah, and didn't have the M would be human. Yeah. But you're right. We, we don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, that's probably what it is. But it is it is an inconsequential point. I think it's it's to to square the circle with when you think like same same thing they do with like Age of Apocalypse, where they had to be like, why didn't the Avengers stop this? <laughs> you know, and the the, the uh, so they they just kind of have a a little side story with the humans. This is, can't have the side story. There's what? no webisode about the humans. But. Why didn't Daredevil show up in New York in the Age of Avengers One? The dude show, showed up. Why wasn't yeah, he there? He would have he would have run into danger. I've seen him. In, season one is all about him running into danger. That's the uh, that's that's the kind of uh, he's the man without fear. He literally just runs into danger. Mm-hmm. Um, let's uh, a lot of this cast is returning. Sure. Yeah, um, I wrote it down the, for just mostly thing. for a reference, so we don't. I don't think we have yeah. to go through everybody. Um, um, I think in general everyone's real good, and uh, Kitty Pride's friends 
uh, are all really well cast. Extremely so, um, including yeah. Kitty Pride. Like we 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 saw just a, a like she was in X Men Three, so she's returning, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of cool. Um, I think it's awesome. And then uh, also joining the cast is uh, the Quicksilver, played by Evan mm-hmm. Peters. Um, and I'm I'm a I was a big American Horror Story season one fan, and that dude was was mm-hmm. really really good in that. Um, and so I, mm-hmm. I was kind of a big Evan Peters fan, and uh, seeing him in this was was a lot of fun. He, I think he he pulls oh, Quicksilver he, off in a very cool way. I actually like him better than the Avengers Quicksilver. So. Oh, the Avengers Quicksilver is not very good. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm a I'm a defender of that movie. Like, we'll we'll get to it eventually. But like, mm-hmm. I think that he that's not the highlight of it. No. Um, the uh, and I'm I'm still disappointed that they killed him rather than like doing anything with him. Yes, you know. Too. But it, it's I you know I still think that like this is a much better take on the character because Quicksilver we we don't really see him as a as a kid in the comics so much. I'm sure there are some you know there's like Quicksilver origins or something mm-hmm. like that. But mm-hmm. the uh, this is the kind of kid the kind of adult Quicksilver would turn out to be would be exactly you know yeah. and I I, th- I think I think this is a really well realized version of the character and a real scene stealer. Like he's a, but even, even the guy who plays Colossus in the third movie, who's barely in any of the early X-Men guy, that guy comes back. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, you know, it's every, everybody comes back from that and it just, it, it just, we, we talked about it a lot and I can't, can't overemphasize. It just feels really good. Yeah. This feels like an X-Men ass story, man. Like just having all of those, those characters return and, um, and you kind of, they don't even really put you like, I kind of knew about it, obviously, going in because of the trailers and everything, but, like, seeing Ellen Page at the very beginning of the movie, you're like, holy shit, mm-hmm. wait a minute, she's not, yeah. what is, what is, what's going on here? Like, it kind of, it confuses you a little bit, because it's, and it surprises you, and I, um, and also want to talk about Bishop, because uh, I think this is the first time we're seeing Bishop in, in a movie, and I think they fucking nailed Bishop. Like, they didn't get to any oh, yeah, time yeah. travel bullshit, you know, he doesn't have a, an imp that, that he has to talk to or anything like that, but... <laughs> There's no harmonica on it, but he just looks cool and futury, and he has he has a cool power where people just shoot him with their powers, and he can shoot a gun. That's a cool, a cool mutant yeah. power. It's a it is cool. I will say that uh, in this in this universe, um, if you absorb people's powers, uh, that is not really a superpower because you will just get overloaded and die. It happened to Darwin. It's yep. uh, it happens to Bishop here. Like you just can't, uh, he, he gets, he gets an overloaded, which I think happens sometimes in the comics, but usually not so much. Like usually he can, he can absorb a bunch of power. Um, but the, uh, it's also, uh, the director of this is Brian Singer again. Um, no one called me out for it, but in the last episode, um, I mixed up Matthew Vaughn and Brian Singer. Um, Matthew Vaughn was going to direct this and said they brought back Brian Singer, the man who did the original or the first two movies um that guy is also a real problematic piece of shit like that yep. guy is i just want to acknowledge that we're talking sugar about this movie he is a predator monster yeah um and it you know we we do not like him or support him um it, you know my love of x-men is something that was baked into me as a kid brian singer being a a, a child rapist uh, d- doesn't uh can't erase that mm-hmm. you know I, I guess but it's just uh, it's worth noting one that i mixed that up and two that uh they ended up bringing singer back Sure. For this, yeah. as opposed to Vaughn. Um, yeah. And so let's let's talk a little bit about the row cut because uh, there's two yeah. different versions of this movie. The uh, the mm-hmm. theatrical release and the home release are primarily just considered, you know, the the theatrical release. Um, the row cut is an additional 17 minutes of footage that has a cut storyline where um, towards the end of the movie, Roe comes in to kind of save the day. It also introduces a uh, lovemaking scene that I'm just not going to talk about now because we're going to have a lot of chuckles about it later. Um, yeah. And, uh, Look forward to that. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting when um when you were down, we watched the road cut together because neither one of us had seen it. 
Um, or I think actually mm-hmm. I, I had seen it before. I think I had watched it before, but you hadn't. So we watched it together. Yeah. I wasn't planning on, on making notes on the, on the, the main row cut. I was just going to do it on the main movie, but, uh, my other copy has somehow disappeared. I don't know where it went. So I had to watch the row cut. <laughs> um, so it was, it was, I was just like, well, fuck it. I'll just do it. <laughs> and I made notes. So we're going to be talking about, as we go through the notes, um, we're, we're going to be talking about the row cut. However, all of that is probably going to be in the back end of the, of the podcast. It's going to be, or actually probably on the second mm-hmm. episode of the podcast. Uh, which we'll explain that in a minute too, um, because it, it's all it's it's an excise plotline that barely affects the plot, and I find it kind of fascinating that they could remove again twenty minutes of footage and have it not actually matter to the plot whatsoever. Like that's kind of impressive. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the thing about it is, it, it feels like it's um, they wanted to have Rogue because she's such an important character in the. It, it's easy to forget that she's kind of the point of view main character in the first X Men movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like she's she's the new kid who who's dealing with things. Like she is the MacGuffin, uh, them trying to get Rogue. You know, so Magneto can power his Statue of Liberty. Be you know, uh, energy wave device. Uh, it's still I still like that movie. The, you um, know, but the uh, uh, it's, it's I have that shirt that says dumb. Magneto had some good ideas. And but if you just went by the movies, yeah. Magneto has not had a lot of good ideas when it comes he's, to he's, yeah, the he's, <laughs> he's, not, he's not doing. Too, in, in this one, it's very weird the way he just like grabs a stadium. Like we'll, we'll get very, to that. But it's, it's, it's such a very it's, weird, it's a very specific choice. <laughs> the um, but like Rogue. So I can see what they're thinking. Like we're bringing back in those that original trailer. Trilogy. Rogue is so important to that original trilogy. We have to have Rogue in. What can she do? Uh, so they made that, but it's not something that serves this story at all. Like that, you can you can excise that seventeen minutes. The story works just fine. Like it's like they 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 gave themselves a complication for Rogue to fix, and the the answer to getting rid of that seventeen minutes is just don't give themselves that complication which is what they do in the, the theatrical cut. So you can see what they were doing from a uh, movie making kind of storytelling standpoint. It's amazing that rogue stuff even got written and shot or like, it's not amazing. It got written. It's amazing that it got shot. Like it didn't get edited out at some point before they actually built those sets and, and, and had old Assie and McKellen like do some action shit. Yeah. There's a whole, you know? like there's, there's a, in the, in, there's a whole scene which involving Ian McKellen and Iceman going to save rogue because she's the MacGuffin again um breaking into we'll get into it but it's a whole cgi sequence uh and it's intercut with another cgi sequence of magneto so like not only to take the care to film it or to write it to build the sets to do the cgi to film everything but also to like edit in amongst the existing movie like brian singer or whoever obviously had a deep heart on for suki stackhouse aka anna backwin so that (laughs) they could they could put her in this movie because i mean again you just don't need her. You don't need her at all. Like all yeah. of the rogue stuff that we'll get to is just, is completely unnecessary. Although like it, it still works. The only, my only issue with the rogue cut really is that it's just makes the movie way longer. <laughs> just don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that, that really segues pretty well into, um, you know, the next point, which is this is going to be our first two parter. Yep. Um, and if this movie was made today, I think it would be a two parter. Like you, it, you is, so? it is so long. Um, like maybe I think that's more in fashion. That's more kind of accepted. Mm-hmm. As a, as a thing you can do now. Um, and at the time it maybe wasn't. And this is so long and does so much work. I could almost see them leaving in the 17 minutes, maybe adding a little bit, little bit more stuff. And then this being a two part movie, like it very, it could support it, I think. Hmm. And so we're not doing like a, a four hour long episode of this show. We're not, like we're going to split it <laughs> at a certain point. Our, our podcast host will not let us upload that much audio at one time. <laughs> Yeah, it's the, 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 the we're, we're on the bronze plan. Um, so, 
we have to get some more Bezos bucks into our account if we're going to be uploading five-hour <laughs> podcasts. Jesus. Yeah. Just go, just go to, to Ko-Fi. Ko-Fi slash Days of Future Cast forward slash uploads. And, and, uh, but yeah, so we're we're going to split this into two. I think this could have been split into two. If you're watching it and you get exhausted, take a break and watch the rest of it the next day. You'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, it's uh, long. I was actually yeah. glad that uh, I was watching this kind of sporadically over the course of yesterday and not trying to do it all at one mm-hmm. time um, because it just, like, I took a break in the middle and went and recorded a podcast and then came back and, like, finished it, finished mm-hmm. it after that with about an hour of it left. And that actually felt better than trying to binge it all the way through. And I think I might start approaching these extra long movies that way because man, I just growing up, it seemed like no movie was more than 92 minutes. And if it was, it came on eight VHS tapes and it was called Lonesome Dove. And that was it. That was the only two things that (laughs) (laughs) it was roots, Lonesome Dove, or you were 92 minutes long. The laser disc of Barry Lyndon. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I did. That's how I watched apocalypse too. Like I, I rented it on my phone. Lol, and then uh, uh watched over the course of like three days there you go um and it was it was a good way to watch it so um and when we watched it we were both just like lounging and drinking beers and like that's a good way to watch a really long movie but if you're if you're solo yeah. solo projecting it mm-hmm. um let's, i think uh, let's we even it. we even took a break in the middle to make food i think we kind of yeah, stopped yeah, and we, we, we went and made yeah. gumbo <laughs> and they came back yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> yep yep um yeah, yeah so let's, 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 let's get into it let's get into it um the uh we start out in new york city and it's obviously the future because everything is purple and run down um the, the yeah. purple motif is strong with this all of trash colors are purple the sentinels are going to be purple like they they really leaned into that purple robot from the comic books and from the animated series I, i'm into it me too like i, I like, I, like I, mean, I like this like super moody uh look to it and it's not blue and orange looks right like it's not yeah <laughs> it's not just like red and brown yeah. like it's not Anytime, like, you know, Thor Ragnarok made me realize, like, oh, there's whole color palettes that these people haven't been using for what yeah. seems like a decade. Like, let's get on this. Let's do this. Um, that movie's so good. Oh, my God. Um, the, uh, we're going to have to suffer the, through the, Thor yeah. 2 one day so we can talk about Thor 3, Gary. I, I'm, it's, I, I look through forward to bad stuff now. Because um, <laughs> I am broken inside. And this is who I am. I'm, well, it's also, it's like, a, one of the things with bad things, and this was true of um, Apocalypse and it was true of X-Men 3 a little bit, is I tend to have only seen them once. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, like, I do, I barely remember Thor 2. It'll be like a new movie, even if it's not good. Same thing with Iron Man 2. Like, I barely remember it. You know, so it'll be fun to like, you know, to watch something uh, that I've only seen once. When we did um, our uh, rewatch of the MCU, we got up to uh, Thor two, Autumn mm-hmm. uh, Iron, uh, excuse me, Autumn next Iron Man altogether. She was like, I don't want to watch a single Iron Man movie. I was like, okay, we're gonna skip all those. <laughs> yeah. um, but we went about halfway through Thor two, and she was like, Do you want to make dinner? And I was like, Yeah, let's make dinner. And then we just never went back. <laughs> we just <laughs> skipped right ahead. Just so got up and left it, now. and like Whiplash is just staring and like staring at the camera, <laughs> like what? Well, do you not like Whiplash? <laughs> Yeah, we went hollow. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. The um, so so we're in the future. Everything's purple. Um, we have this narration that's explaining what's going on. It's a uh, Professor X, and uh, we see this concentration camp scene. Humans and mutants um, are being marched in. They have a uh, little you know deep deep power uh, coupling things on the back of their neck, mm-hmm. like little lights. Which are never explained. Like they never do anything with that. But it's just kind of a cool. Like, oh yeah, if you if you're a comic book fan, you you know what this is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and just explains like, hey, this this is you know people aren't fighting back. This is why the Avengers, if they were ever rolled in, don't kill everybody, you know, and and don't win against the Sentinels. Um, extremely dystopian, you know, super night. Like they turn off all the streetlights because robots don't need them. You sure. know, it, it's mm-hmm. it looks real great. Um, and the, like a scavenger kid who looks like some kind of uh 
you know, I thought this was going to be a cameo when I first saw it, but I don't, I don't think it is. Um, finds, uh, like a buried X-Men uniform, like just sees the X emblem, but it's, it's in, in all like this pile of bones and rubble. And meanwhile, and Patrick Stewart is just like basically asking us the question, like, is the, is this, is this future truly set or can time be changed? And, you know, we go yep. into our, our CGI intro, which, um, I guess I never really paid attention to the CGI intros that much because usually they're just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, here's some cells put together. DNA wipes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, this is like the inside of the Sentinels and we'll kind of see similar CGI when we go towards the end of the movie when Magneto makes his, 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 oh, God. his, his, his yeah. Magneto hack or whatever his, we're going to call yeah, that. His ma- ma- marionettes, his <laughs> Sentinel marionettes. <laughs> Um, and um, then we go to Moscow where we have, uh, two of these, uh, they were, I think they're going to call them carriers, um, mm-hmm. uh, which are, which are basically these huge machines, uh, that are patrolling the city and they are, they're releasing sentinels from below. And like these machines look like they carry hundreds of, of sentinels at one time. And, uh, like they, when they start hitting the ground, like with the, the camera goes down and the X-Men are underground and they hear this Warpath is one of the, well, the X-Men at the time starts hearing them from far away and warns the others. Yeah. He's got super senses. Yeah. So this, what a fucking opener this is, Gary. This is great. This is so good. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's good for tons of reasons. Like there's tons of things I noticed like in thinking about it. So like one, I love how everybody has a role, right? So like Warpath is the, the lookout. Um, Kitty and Bishop know what they need to do. Um, but at first it seems like you can't tell that they're not running towards the battle. Right. Like it just seems like everybody's running and they, they look like they have a mission, but you don't know if, if you don't really under, I didn't really understand like what they were doing, you know, at first. Yeah. They just, they just Um, start running. Like they look at each other and like, okay, we got to go. And they, they start running at stuff and they do that really cool thing of like, they're running towards a solid object and Kitty like reaches out and makes both of them tangible so they can run through it. Like the Kitty's, Kitty's powers are probably one of my favorite um powers to see on the screen because it's it's kind yeah. of an easy thing to do but also they it just looks cool every time they do it it's a it's a really imaginative power too it is but like yeah. she, she's one of the first x-men with like an extremely imaginative like power with a lot of different applications mm-hmm. you know I guess, I guess um uh nightcrawler you know that that's true of as well but in, in those you know those uh that second wave of x-men you had nightcrawler as a standout but every you know weather is cool but mostly it's like shooting lightning and causing tornadoes warpath is strong um, or Thunderbird rather is strong. Wolverine has claws. Like th- those aren't that exciting. And then when they get to uh, Kitty Pride, it's like this is actually really interesting, just from like a seeing superpowers kind of shit thing. Um, everyone's doing demonstrating their powers before Bishop goes off. He gets charged up and then funnels his energy into his gun, mm-hmm. uh, which is real cool. Um, Sunspot's there. I've always liked Sunspot, and he looks great. Uh, Sunspot looks this. brilliant, man. I just like him flying yeah. around and shooting. I wish that he got more time on Sunspot because Sunspot is kind of yeah. a fun character from the comic books. Like he's he's oh, always yeah. been kind of a like a like a cranky old man about the X Men, basically. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a lot of fun. But yeah, it, but just seeing his his CGI up with all the fire and stuff looks really good. Um, yeah, Blink is is brilliant in this, and they steal her powers yeah. wholesale from that TV show that I can't that I keep referencing that whose name I can't remember. Gifted, it's gifted. Oh, gifted. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the same character, but it's 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 very much the same exact kind of power stuff that she does. It's a lot of fun. And and Blink is, you know, it's cool to do Blink in the future anyway. Like she's an Age of Apocalypse standout character. Um but this is this is a great application of her. And she is one of the few characters we I, we talked about this way back in the X-Men 2 thing, but there are certain powers that work better in motion than in comics and Blink is definitely one of them. Like the stuff that she does during these fight scenes looks cooler than anything she does in the comics. Yeah. Like this just looks cooler in motion. They do, they do a straight up portal too. 
uh, thing later with Colossus. Yes. That's just awesome. So like good. it is just so cool to see. And it's, it's literally <laughs> thinking with portals. Like it is, I would be amazed if it was not inspired by that game. Oh, me too. Um, as this thing. is 2014. Yeah. So that's well after portal. Uh, and oh, yeah. the stuff that, that she's doing, like opening, um, there's several times throughout this where like, you know, the Sentinels are shooting a beam at her and she opens a, she opens a little portal up so that the, it ends up shooting them from behind and stuff like that instead of shooting yeah. her. Like that's all really, really cleverly done. And uh, like you said, on screen, it's just rendered really nicely. Yeah. It looks, it looks so good. She's, she's great. It makes me more of a fan of the character. Cause like in the comic, I think she's pretty bland. Mm-hmm. She's just kind of like a leader flavored leader. Cause she eventually joins the X-File, X, uh, Exile. She, she just, doesn't join X-Files. She definitely joins the X-Files. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to AO3, Gary. I'll be right back. <laughs> Mulder. Scully. It, it just, it's just her teleporting things and Scully being like, there has to be a rational explanation. Uh, and she's just like teleporting Scully's coffee cup and stuff and things like that. And Mulder is just like, I don't it's portals, it. Scully. It's portals. Yeah, they're caused by ancient aliens. And he's just like, no, I'm right fucking here. <laughs> Literally, I can tell you portal right now. You idiots. Like, why do you only have one character trait each? Um, <laughs> can you yeah. portal my sister back? No, okay. No, yeah. no. We don't talk about that plot yeah. anymore. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, yeah, that, that that disappeared. <laughs> Can you portal my baby back? Nope, we don't talk about that plot line either. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, um, uh, so the uh, portal then, my uh, baby Iceman. back. <laughs> Baby, portal my baby back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then uh, Iceman shows up, and it's uh, it's the the character from the old movies, and who I always thought was like good casting yes. uh, for Iceman. Mm-hmm. And but now in those, he just kind of like shot beams. Uh, but this is you know you can tell time's passing, and these people have been kind of forged in the crucibles of war uh, because Iceman is like using his powers to their fullest extent. Like he ices up, and he's doing the ice slide thing, which is something I fucking love. Uh, that Iceman can do that I I always wanted to see in a movie. So I'm really excited that they actually did it. So uh, I, I love I love the ice slide too. Do you think it really gets him anywhere faster than if he was just running? Like, do you think the ice slide is <laughs> significantly? Because it seems like an awful waste. Like it's going to leave a mess behind him when he's doing yeah. this. But well, and everything's going to be so dry. Like he draws that water from the air. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's a secret to, to Iceman that you no one ever thinks about. Is like like everyone's got like dry and cracked skin. Like everyone's <laughs> lips are chapped as soon as Iceman shows up. Plink is like, God damn it! All the moisture I'm out, out of mouth. moisturizer. <laughs> it's 2050, <laughs> and the Sentinels have taken over the world. I can't go to a Veda anymore, Bobby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, did you ever did you ever play the x-men legends games yeah Mm -hmm. um i love that uh that iceman like everyone can fly uh but iceman does the ice slide thing so it functions a very similar thing you know a similar kind of a a function but it looks different and cool so i'm I'm just down with iceman like i like iceman a lot and all of this like this is a whole set piece action scene and uh, we're kind of living in this moment introducing the characters i think because we love it so much like there's there's a lot Mm -hmm. of fighting um, the, the kind of Magneto theme, the, the bad things are happening theme from first class starts yep. kicking in and, uh, things start going wrong for our heroes pretty quickly. We realize that these Sentinels who are very streamlined, kind of chameleon-esque, they have like that, they're doing that kind of that mystique, um, mm-hmm. like, you know, shapeshift animation thing and uh, they start changing their powers up so like colossus hits one of them and the god just in the sentinel just turns into colossus goo or colossus metal i don't know what he's made out of i don't remember um but and then starts just literally beating colossus up and then you know sunspot is fighting one so he the sentinel turns into ice and iceman's fighting another one so the sentinel turns into the sunspot's powers like they start stealing powers and start using them against the x-men and people just start fucking dying left and right yeah 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 it's it's kind of cool like i did not expect them to open the movie by killing the whole team 
there's a, there's an awesome bit of this too, where if you are a comics fan and you didn't go into this um, knowing very much about it, you this just seems like them opening up on a down note because uh, Kitty probably can't send people back through time. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the, uh, that's you know, not a thing that the, she does you know the, it, as a comics fan you're just like oh they're fucked and what's going to happen is what I thought when I realized that Kitty Pride Bishop were running away is they were going to go warn somebody or go into a bunker or something like that mm-hmm. um, I didn't you know I mean I, I'd seen the trailer but I'm just saying it, it was my suspension of disbelief brain like it, it seems more like they're not going to send people through time because they just grafted that power onto Kitty Pride in one of the very few things that like not in a fanboy way, but it does feel very convenient. Yeah, it absolutely. That Kitty Pride just gains a second superpower that's extremely powerful, uh, that has nothing to do with her main power uh, in the middle of this movie for no reason. And, and, and I have and to again, imagine I think, it's it's only because she was a recognizable character, though, because uh, well, that, that's exa- that's exactly what it is. Like even even not recognizable, like we want to tie those old movies in. Those characters are important to the old movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like let, let's let's bring back Ellen Page. Like you know, people will get over it, and you do. Like you get over it, even though it's kind of a bummer. Yep. You know, so yeah, I found myself not um, caring about it at all by the end of the movie. When it first started yeah, yeah, happening, yeah. I was like, where's Rachel Summers at? <laughs> where's, you yeah. know, well, and the, apparently the, she the was, other... she was supposed to be in the movie, but like, again, just not enough time to, to deal with m- yep. multiple characters. So the other thing that, uh, it took, and this, we'll get to this in a minute, it's jumping ahead a tiny bit, but the other kind of thing you had to put away your care, care zone for is caring that, uh, in the original storyline, Kitty Pride goes back. Yeah. Um, the reasons why I understand people like Kitty Pride is a great character. Um, I love Kitty Pride. I, the reasons why they decided not to do that are all excellent reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, like people, people who get upset about that because it's like, Oh, it's Wolverine. Um, you know, like, so it would be such a complicated thing to just send Kitty back because in the seventies, like they want to do this period piece thing. Like she was a little kid. You would have had to have this little kid explaining things to everybody. You know, instead, like there wouldn't have been a, a proper protagonist who was not fragile. Yep. You know, like if, if she would have, been, you know, it just wouldn't have worked. But when this movie came out, tons of people like really threw a fit about that. Like, oh, it's just another Wolverine movie. Like, oh, you, you know, the the original, you know, Kitty Pride is a much cooler character for this. And it's like Kitty Pride is great. It wouldn't have made sense. It would have just made this like take a lot longer. You know, then it would have definitely had to be a two-parter if a little girl had to show up and explain things every single time. You know, or <laughs> you, even like a zygote. I don't you, know when she was, how old she was supposed to be. <laughs> like she, she gets sent back in time and then it just shows a close-up on her mother's pregnant belly. You know, and then they just wait for her to be born. You know, it, in, in just, real time, uh, it's an episode of 24. <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's an episode of 24, 365, 14 it's, it's, years. It's, it's, it's mostly, it's mostly drama about her parents almost getting divorced it's before parenthood. she was born. Did you guys see that TV show Parenthood yeah. <laughs> with Michael Jordan, um, with Michael B. Jordan? It's great. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, uh, it, it just, it's okay what they do with Kitty Pride in this movie. I'm, I'm here to absolve nerds who get mad about it. Like it is okay. It literally doesn't you know, matter. It, and the, the it, stuff that it they makes did lots of sense in the, in the comic books would not have made sense here at all. Uh, yep. the, the way they reconciled in the comic books was, was different. And frankly, like at this point, Logan was probably the best thing going with the X-Men franchise. He had just 100%, come, off, come like, off of the Wolverine and uh, like, that's a bad movie. I'm not looking forward to covering that movie, but like he's still, he's still a, a huge draw. And this was kind of the peak yeah. of Hugh Jackman's movie, movie career. If he's not well, still in the peak. He's 100%. Like as much as rogue was the, the point of view character in the early X-Men movies, Wolverine was definitely the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're going to tie these little movies, like you have to have Wolverine in it. Yep. And like, I understand people who get uh sick of Wolverine. One of the, the greatest things the show has done for me personally is make me come to peace with how much I like Wolverine. 
Yeah. Like it's, it, it's okay you know, to like kid, Wolverine. <laughs> it's it's super okay to like Wolverine. Like as a kid, you know, I was like, Oh, he's overplayed. Uh, you know, and the movies came out that's like, I want to see other people do some other shit. Like Hugh Jackman's great in it, but like and then I just realized like actually actually Hugh Jackman's great in it. Like it's okay to like this guy who is kind of standard and and like designed to be likable and a badass and actually think he's a likable badass. Yep. Same thing with the cartoon. Like, you know, we as we watch the cartoon and it's like he's actually kind of the MVP of this and that's okay. You know, or like MVP as far as the, the X-Men characters go. Like he's the best handled, he gets the most screen time, but what they do is so good that like it is okay to like him. I don't have to be a contrarian and just dislike him because he's overplayed. Same, you know, yeah, like it, exactly it is, it is okay like, to love Wolverine. Like he's good. It's and 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 also like we're getting all of that rest of that stuff. Like at the same time they're giving us a bunch of Wolverine bullshit, they're giving us a lot of other powers and a lot of other characters mm-hmm. to deal with. So I'm kind of here for that for the most part. Um and, and what they do with him in this movie is pretty interesting. Right. Like the, the, the way this ties into his actual origins is cool. Yeah. And it's another one of those, like, it's another aspect of the, the grand trick they pulled off in reconciling these two franchises. Um, you know, it's, it's, if you can get past your just like, oh, I don't like Wolverine. He's overplayed. Like, if you can get past that, like, what they do with him and the actual thing that's on screen is excellent. Yeah. You and know, so bonus points, it effectively retcons everything that happened in Wolverine one and two. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that yeah. anymore. We could, we just have Logan now. That's all we need to have. <laughs> and, and, and then, and then Logan comes out of the, and it's just like, actually, this character is actually super wonderful, you know, <laughs> cause that, that's a, you know, and th- I like that we've done that episode so far. Many times I've caught myself thinking like, man, I'm really looking forward to when we get to Logan yeah. and forgetting that we, we jumped Literally sequence because it was it. too good not to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, so the uh, uh, go, go and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the Sentinels have, have killed everybody off and they're trying to break into this, mm-hmm. this locked room where uh, Bishop and uh, Kitty are. Kitty is doing something to Bishop's head. And uh, mm-hmm. as the, as the Sentinels break in, there's this very last minute pitch and then everything starts disappearing. So the, the door yeah. reappears like they had melted the, the steel in the door. The Sentinels disappear. The, the table that Bishop is laying on while Kitty does her thing disappears. And then everything goes back to, which the means they bring that with them everywhere they go. Sure. Yeah. It means if they were never there, the table wasn't there. <laughs> that was probably Table Boy, the secret Morlock uh, of the future X-Men. That- <laughs> Is he in the credits? I didn't go that far down on the IMDb yeah. credits. Um, <laughs> they actually do bring like this memorial thing with them around. Like, cause then they get to the, the temple like that. I was going to mention that, but I'll go ahead and do it now. Like they have like a memorial that's shown of like, I guess pictures of all of the mutants that they've lost along the way and lighting mm-hmm. candles to it. I'm like, who's toting that around? Like, is that part of Blink? Yeah. Is that part of Blink's responsibilities? <laughs> Just carrying around <laughs> Just the dead some- guy pictures? <laughs> yeah just uh yeah bishop straps it to his back it's a cork ever since, board with a, ever since yeah. they lost jubilee no one does any chores anymore except blink yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so somebody somebody left a mop at her grave uh in memoriam of jubilee's grave like here, here's a mop and a telephone <laughs> to remember you by <laughs> and a comb stuff with blue fur <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so uh you know essentially what they you know and when, when the sentinel shows up uh, kitty pride says like too late asshole so yeah. what you know what they've done, and we we figure this out is they un they, they explain this in like a long exposition scene later, but they go back in time warn themselves. Yep. Um, um, we we get a little cerebro scene where professor's out looking for people, and Kitty makes contact with them. Professor, there's so few of us left. Like he's going from mutant to mutant, and we've seen those cerebro scenes where they're just absolutely crowded. This one only has a few people in it. Um, and they decided really, to go to this temple in China to meet up. Really effective use of Cerebro, by the way, like that, like, yeah. cause we've, we've seen that in almost every single movie. We've, we, you know, we've always seen like these beautiful Cerebro scenes of Xavier reaching out his mind across the earth or, or what have you. And like seeing it almost completely emptied out was, was a really effective way to get across exactly what like this war has costed everyone. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they get together, they meet in this, this temple in China, and we get to see the, like, X-Men Prime team, I guess, which is Xavier, Magneto, Storm, and Wolverine. Uh, and they meet up with these new X-Men, these, these young mutants. Uh, and they kind of explain all that stuff I was talking about. Like, what we've been doing is running from the Sentinels. When we hear them, we hold them off long enough for me to send Bishop back into his old body. He warns us that to, to leave, and we get out of there before they were ever there. So really succinct, like, time travel bullshit gets explained really quickly. And, uh, and Wolverine yeah, so, is kind of the audience stand-in. It's like, wait a minute, you're sending his body back? And, and I love that Xavier apparently knows how all of this works, despite not not having been yeah. a part of this. He's like, no, 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 <laughs> just his conscious. Don't worry about that. Can he just yeah. send his conscious back a couple of times? And, and Wolverine is like, "What? okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. What, just tell me yeah, where to stab. I don't need to know this. <laughs> the, uh, it is, uh, it's a little bit exposition heavy here, but they, they, they won a lot of uh, points just by having like a really great action scene right before it. Um, so it's a little bit slow. Um, Professor Xavier explains the plot of this movie, yeah. uh, which is, so, you know, hey, if we can send somebody back far enough, we can actually stop this whole thing from happening. Um, what happened was uh, Trask is the one who developed the Sentinels. The reason why he got funding and was able to do that and the reason he got uh, DNA to make them into Mega Sentinels is because Mystique. Mystique killed him. Uh, the government went harder on their anti-mutant program and they stole her DNA. Let's go back and stop that. Uh, pretty easy. Like I feel like uh, for compl- for complicated time travel shenanigans, this lays out exactly how it works and exactly uh, mm-hmm. exactly what they're going to do. And they, they even take a brief second to explain that like time is is kind of mutable, so mm-hmm. it, time is not going to actually snap into place until this person is returned to their body, and that's when it's all going to be solid. So yeah, uh, and and this is this is interesting because like Bishop Bishop makes the point of like hey. Um, if we do this and it works, literally all of us could never be born. <laughs> like this could be like, yeah. we, we might cease to exist because, you know, my parents only got together and 20 years ago, despite me look like a 45 year old man because of the war or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then says something kind of interesting to me. It was like, well, my people need to vote. And I, I find that interesting yeah. because, uh, just, you never really see like a voting scenario in X-Men. Like most of the time it's, it's just like, Hey, Cyclops, what do you want us to do? Hey, Storm, what do you want us to do? Hey, Professor, what do you want us to do? Um, and then Xavier just like takes, takes a, takes a voting poll for you reading everybody's mind. But so they're in, it's fine. But that's just really funny yeah. to me that Xavier's like, they already have voted. They're all in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, everybody's in. Um, they also, at some point they say they originally, it seems like they're going to send Professor X back. Um, because he would be the person to stop this. He has the connection to Mystique, but uh, his mind would be torn apart. Yeah. Um, there's a, you know, a, a little plot contrivance. If you send somebody back too far, like they will go insane. Um, Wolverine's like, what about me? Uh, my brain will heal itself just as qu- quick as it can be destroyed. And uh, they decide to send him back instead. Um, so this sets up the conceit of the movie, which is really cool. The kind of dual timelines, like in the future, they have to hold off Sentinels and kind of sit tight while, Time passes in parallel in the past, and they actually accomplish this thing. Uh, yeah, here. It's so extremely th- good. Um, yeah. And of course, Logan is like, well, what? Okay, so let's assume that all of this is going to work. What do I do when I get there? And Xavier says, hey, you're going to need to find me, um, but I'm like, I'm not going to have my powers. I was a shithead. 73, and I'm yeah. a giant shithead. Yeah, be uh, patient you, with me, he says. You, you he can says find me on reddit.com slash the Donald. <laughs> <laughs> r slash sullen british jerk the um he he says uh he actually says something really kind of sweet there he says like you're gonna have to do to me the same thing i did to you when i first found you like you're Mm -hmm. gonna be patient with me and coax me out and that's very sweet like especially in light of logan 
right? Like the father-son relationship between Wolverine and, and Professor Xavier is something I'm very here for. This isn't as good as it is, is done in Logan, but the idea of the, the, the son becoming the father, you know, this, the, the child having to do the parenting oh, I would, uh, is what they're playing with here. I would make an argument that the, the reason that Logan is so successful is because you have seen this movie. Like this dude does a lot of emotional oh, yeah. heavy lifting be- between Xavier and, and Logan that I find really fascinating because this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially because, you know, at, at the end of X-Men two or X- even X-Men three, like Xavier's dead at the end of X-Men three. Um, but it's taken like Wolverine has gone through a path. And so this is 40 or 50. Wait a minute. How is Xavier alive in this timeline? Didn't he, didn't, uh, he just does. Didn't Xavier die at the <laughs> end of this is, history? If there, wait, well, so, you know, I, well, he, they undid it. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah, argue. I don't really care. I was yeah. just thinking, because otherwise it syncs up so well, but I was just, I just, it just occurred yeah. to me that X, that Xavier died in, in X-Men 3 and how they got around that. Who cares? It doesn't matter. But like, it's, yeah, it doesn't what matter. I, my point was that, uh, you know, Wolverine has aged and matured and learned. Like this is not the, this is not X-Men 2 Wolverine who goes into berserk mode yeah. when, they, when the, when the, when the house gets attacked or anything like this is a, this is a softer, calmer Wolverine. So it's it's very cool Well, 100 percent like logan only works because or works much better with the context of these movies in total so seeing that that character development 100 percent, and this is a big turning point for their relationship um Mm -hmm. and so it's a very sweet idea Um, so uh, magneto pops in and says like actually you're going to find me as well like yeah (laughs) like i you know it's it's gonna take both of us at that time i was not doing super good either uh in 1973 um, and they kind of go and explain it off screen, which I think is really clever. So they can still have like a real scene stealing, uh, sequence in this, mm-hmm. um, and kind of a cool twist, uh, while Bobby and, uh, uh, Kitty are just like, what do you think about this? And Bobby's like, I'm worried about you. They're kind of BFGF, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah. Um, so he says like, yeah, if you, yeah, here's the, I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. I apologize. Yeah, you're good. Um, Kitty, Kitty is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking down the barrel of nine pages of notes and I'm just, <laughs> It's like I'm just making sure, like hey, we're, I, we're I on page three before we have to eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still doing good. Um, but you want to be done before says, like midnight tonight? I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, so we'll that, that's there. that's my goal. It's two twenty p.m. right now, and I, I I would like to get to sleep and have a productive day tomorrow. Um, but Kitty says like you have to stay calm if you uh, if you start getting stressed out, like that will break the connection potentially. Mm-hmm. Like if things get rocky, you might start slipping between timelines. It will be a bad scene. Yep. Uh, so. Wolverine lays down, Kitty starts doing her thing, and then he just kind of wakes up staring at this lava lamp. Um, he, uh, there, there's a bit of trivia in this because he's laying next to a, to a woman, like obviously disheveled woman. And uh, apparently Hugh Jackman said that they want him to put on boxers, but he said, no, I'm, you know, in Australia, if you wake up next to a woman, you're not wearing boxers. And I'm like, I mean, some guys just put boxers on after you have sex. Like, that's not a big <laughs> yeah. thing. Huge Jackman. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I always like, if, if it's after sex, I always want to put something on because otherwise, like, I don't know. There's a, a even even if it's just sweat, you yeah. know. I don't. I don't need to get a, to get get a whole bunch of any kind of liquid all over my sheets. Well, like I mean, you know, and and you know, it's just flapping around down there. Like there's a reason that we we, we yeah, wear yeah. underwear to bed because you don't want it to flap around so much. Yeah. Anyway, external genitalia are a thing, Jackman. <laughs> the, <laughs> respect it. Um, so Logan wakes up and man, I can't, I just, every time I see this scene, uh, I just cannot stop staring at Hugh Jackman's veins and all of his body. Like it's so (laughs) distracting to me. It's ridiculous. 
there, there's a there's a song that uh, Hannibal Buress rapped on, and mm-hmm. um, he starts rapping about LeBron James and how he needs to stop taking HGH. And he said he went from four <laughs> hair bands to like 88. And that's what reminds like, please, Hugh Jackman, please stop taking HGH. You went from like 18 veins to 88 veins. I can see all yes. of them. <laughs> please. 88 lines, about 44 veins. Ugh, um, it's just the, so uh, gross looking. Ugh. Um, yeah. but, but he very quickly he, he realizes is, it's yeah. 1973, like the, the song playing on the radio, it's an actual radio. He walks outside or not, excuse me, he walks up to the window and he's looking down on what is very obvious 1970s New York city. Um, and all of a sudden these dudes barge in the room and, uh, it becomes very apparent very quickly that, he, you know, he is supposed to be guarding this woman that he is sleeping with. These are the woman's dad's goons here to bring back this woman and they're going to fight him about it. And it's all just to set up a thing so that Wolverine can pop his claws and we see that they're bone claws and not metal. Like, I think, feel like that's the only mm-hmm. thing that we're doing right now, which is fine. I'm super into this. Like <laughs> the, him yeah. popping out the bone claws, I thought was a really good touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I like that too, and I like that it, it does make him a little bit less uh, capable, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the in the past. Like he is not quite quite as powerful as he once was. Is it is it weird that he yeah. just slaughters these dudes? <laughs> I mean, I feel yeah. like I feel like he should know some non lethal takedowns on these guys. <laughs> I, I assume that like it's like he cut out their kidneys and put them in a bathtub. Like if they get medical <laughs> attention right away, they might be okay. <laughs> You think so? You think he yeah. called nine one one? He's got he's got a bandolier. He 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 knocked them out and he taped a note to them that's like you know you've just been harvested. Call a doctor right away uh, if you want to live. Put them in a bathtub full of ice, and then he's got his bandolier of kidneys that is uh, in the deleted scene in the rogue rogue cut. Where yeah, he, uh, yeah, he has absolutely. all the organs he's harvested from these goons. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, he eats them. It's a blood to get the second ending of Bloodborne. That's what you have to do. Yeah, eat, yeah, the- <laughs> eat the three mobsters' kidneys <laughs> to see the mob presence, like the the when the moon presence hits your eye, like a big pizza pie. I don't yeah. know if you've uh, if you've seen that in the in the cut content, but uh, apparently an early thing instead of getting weapon badges in Bloodborne, you were going to get like a piece of their organs. livers, livers, yeah, living livers, yeah, the living yeah. livers, and that's just oof, that's just really gross. But I can totally see Wolverine doing it. That'd be that'd be a dope. Yeah. Um, he steals one of these dudes car and then, uh, just takes off to the Xavier mansion, um, where, uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, wait, before, he gets in the car and takes off. And then we go to, uh, this, this kind of security council meeting, uh, where Trask yeah. played by, um, oh, you said Peter his name, Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, who, uh, I, I think does an extremely good job as Trask here. Uh, He's great. I very much hate if you go look in the trivia that uh, apparently he was really only cast because of how short he was. Like he, yeah. uh, Brian Singer was like, "Oh yeah, well, we want him to be like this kind of maniacal guy, but have this like height problem." And I'm like, "That's a shitty thing to say to Peter Dinklage." It's super shitty. Like, and that's like, a kind of a shitty they, characterization too. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What they what they're going for is to have him be a little bit of an outsider too. Mm-hmm. You know, to like add a little bit of irony to it. It's shitty though, because like he he's just and and to the the shows credit i suppose like there's only one little line that maybe references it you know there's not uh it's not like people are constantly talking about how he's a little person yeah yeah you know but I'm i I, I would love it if, those jokes yeah i would love it if uh that just wasn't a thing because he's such a good actor like peter dinklage is great oh like, yeah he has a he's a great actor like i i love him he's got like he's kind of one note like he's got like a, a certain kind of presence to him that is that is a little bit one note but i think he's really really good and uh he's great in this and it's it's a deviation from from the comic you know bolivar trask is not a little person in the comic but it it is uh additive not because i wanted the the person the character to be a little person but just because i wanted it to be peter dinklage like i think he's really good in it yeah you know 
Um, so this is the this is the security yeah. council kind of um, grilling Trask and basically saying like, hey, it's uh, I don't think we've mentioned this yet, but 1973. This is when they were signing the peace accord. So the U.S. is coming out of Vietnam. Like this this kind of horrible war is finally over with, and this, that's what these dudes are saying. Are basically like, hey, we're you know we don't need your weird weapons or whatever. Like the war is over. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna fund any more black operations or anything like that. So mm-hmm. you're, you're out of business. And uh, Trask does the thing which does a very cool thing, which is start reading from Xavier's kind of um, essay about evolution mm-hmm. that he w- he wrote and then presented and read a little bit to Mystique um, in the first movie, in first class. Yeah. He reads yeah, another yeah. segment really, of really that cool. to trying to uh, get across the point of like, hey, when the Neanderthals, when Mystique, when Homo, uh, <clears throat> Homo sapiens came into place, and now these are the Homo superiors, what do you think is going to happen to us? And they're like, well, you know, if these people are living among us, we haven't had an incident since Cuba, and like, I think we're good. Like, I don't think we need weird purple robots. Yeah. And so they, they, they shut him down. It makes a lot of sense too if it's just literally been quiet for you know ten years or whatever. Yeah, like uh, you know people Americans have short memories, mm-hmm. um, so so pretty cool. Uh, and and he gets he gets shot down. This is just to kind of introduce the character. Yeah, we move on to a, a pretty cool sequence here in Saigon, uh, where uh, a colonel kind of pushes into this quarantine tent, um, and inside we there's some mutants uh, in here. Um, this is where Havoc's at. Uh, this is, and, and at first, you know, again, suspension of disbelief or I'm an idiot, whichever one you choose to believe. Like, I did not immediately know this was Mystique, um, when I saw this, uh, comes in saying like, Hey, what, you know, what's up with these soldiers? Where are they going? What are their orders? Um, Havoc's in here. Um, a young toad uh, is in here. And then two other guys, like one of which who looks like Spike from, uh, Ecstatics, but has plague powers. The other one who looks like nobody and also has plague powers. Yep. Like two people have powers that make people sick. Um, uh, which is kind of weird. One is listed as ink. I don't know. I would assume that's the one with all of the tattooed on, tattoos on his face, yeah. but I'm not a hundred percent. hundred percent. Ink sure is, is the character in Grant Morrison's, uh, new X-Men mm-hmm. who, uh, Quentin Quire, uh, strips away his psychic illusions. Like he's actually a weird little frog guy, but he makes himself look like a hunk. Uh, um, okay. I, so I, th- that. I, th- I think so. I think that, I think that's supposed to be, that's actually ink. um, so it just, it's just, they just did a visual thing, you know, kind of looks, you know, like, let's just take a name from the comics. But the important thing is it's Toad and Havoc and then, and friends. Yeah. If you were curious, uh, um, how important these characters are, uh, neither one of which, which on the IMDb list are listed above young mutant scavenger. So, <laughs> <laughs> and they'll also, uh, there's an implied autopsy. If you watch, uh, Apocalypse Road Cut, RIP and autopsies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, it's, uh, this this colonel comes in and immediately starts asking questions like, "Oh, hey, where are these where are these where are these guys, where are these men going? Oh, uh, we're we're gonna send them. We're not sending them back home just yet. They're being taken over by a private operation called Trask, which in walks William Stryker, uh, who mm-hmm. is throughout this movie is basically like Tat Trask handyman. Although he wears military uniform the entire time, which really confuses me. Like you can't be both. You either have to wear a suit or you have to wear your military uniform. And and the actor looks a little bit like Sean William Scott mm-hmm. to me. Like he's got a little bit of that like uh, cross eyed look that Sean William Scott has. I'm like, what is Stifler doing? Like collecting mutants. It's <laughs> just very weird. Um, he shows up and says, we're taking these boys. The, uh, the Colonel says like, you know, they're going home. You don't have authority here. You don't have any authority at all. They're kind of like saber rattling, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit here until mystique loses her cool 
and turns into Mystique and uh, busts these guys out. Yep. Essentially, in like a, a little mini fight thing. I uh, and again, I, th- I think I said this during first class. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence, you know, is returning as, as Raven slash Mystique. Uh, her mm-hmm. in the blue makeup stuff just does not look cool to me at all. Uh, there's there's some scenes in here like her fight scenes and stuff, um, specifically one towards the back end of the movie that we get into that I think look goofy as hell. Uh, but when it's very obviously a stunt double like, twirling around and like kicking people and and throwing them, I, I very much enjoy this Mystique kind of flippy fighting bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm into this. It's a little weird that she is by far the most capable hand-to-hand fighter in the entire franchise, mm-hmm. and we never see the origins of that. Like, she was a homeless little girl who broke into Xavier's house, and now she is a super ninja. You know, and that that's very strange. Yeah, and only, we're going to learn this in a, in a little bit later, but only 10 years have passed since the ending of First Class and the uh, and the beginning of this movie. So in 10 years, she has become a super ninja, which I guess is enough time to be a super she's, ninja. She's been I'm training not. the entire time. I've, yeah. I'm, I'm on a I'm on like an internet course, Super Ninja. So it's going to take me about 25. But I'm, I'm doing all my classes online. Correspondence so Ninja. Yeah, it's t- taking a little bit longer. <laughs> Jeremy <but>. Greer, Correspondence <laughs> Ninja. <laughs> and I mean that in two ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So so this is uh this is a cool little fight, and I love how uh Striker gets punked. Striker gets punked a lot in these these movies. Yep. Um. You know he he uh he gets taken out, and it seems like this is going to be recruiting a team. You know, like, oh, this is the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Uh, not the case. None of these people are, they're, they're seen in cameos from here on out. Havoc doesn't even come back until the third movie. Um, <laughs> in, in this franchise. So, uh, but she, she puts him on a plane to take him home. Um, Stryker comes out. He's super mad. She changes into someone else and they've, she, they've made a getaway denying, uh, Trask this set of mutants. Yeah. Which well, is actually really significant. Like if, if he had gotten these mutants instead of, and did not know about Mystique, Right. So like presumably uh, Stryker is the one who tells Trask about Mystique. He gets a hard on for getting her powers and incorporating them into robots, which is why you have mega robots in the future. If she had never done this, it's possible the robots would just be shooting beams and making people puke. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting that uh, Mystique's path throughout this movie is never altered. Like she's on the same original timeline up until like the the crux of this, the climax of the movie, which is, you know, her about to shoot Trask because in the in the current timeline in the 2050 timeline let's call it uh, she shoots Trask between the head he dies that sets off like a worldwide manhunt uh, oh no 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 Stryker captures her and then they use that yeah. technique, they use her blood to, to then accelerate the Sentinel program um, so she's on this same path everything she's doing right now will lead to like you know total annihilation of mutants in a few years um, but it's it's going but, to be not you, until is- that point where she's interrupted from that yeah, it's it's really good. You know, it's it's a nice little bit of irony. Like if she had just stayed home and not done this, it would have been okay. You also, know, like like Trask wouldn't even known. It's worth mentioning that um, when Xavier and Magneto were telling this story to everybody, um, they said that uh, killing Trask was the the first time she had killed, and then Magneto says, "But it certainly wasn't the last." And uh, like during this scene, and during a couple of scenes, she kind of you could tell she's battling she's having this inner battle of whether or not she should kill striker and she's almost to the point where she's going to kill striker but when have it kind of blast him out of her hands um it's just like yeah. that that inner kind of morality choice that you know the xavier on my shoulder versus the eric on my shoulder uh mm-hmm. you know battling back and forth i think is, is actually kind of interesting it makes mystique more of an interesting character as much as i, I don't really think oh yeah that 
uh, Jennifer Lawrence sells it very well. So sorry. The, the first two movies of this are very much like Battle for Mystique's Soul, and then mm-hmm. the third one is about Oscar Isaac's being a super god. <laughs> so the, <laughs> I mean, the first two actually have this very strong thematic uh, uh, kind of core to them. I haven't seen a bunch of Oscar Isaac's movies. Uh, he might be. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh um so so they get out logan shows up at xavier's um it's run down it's overgrown uh which is very cool mm-hmm. it's full-on bergenworth um he tries to get in uh hank knocks on the door and this is a really cute scene where like he figures out who he is you know he figures out that he's the beast that he knows and he you know he pushes his way in he's like come on you know you're not just a normal dude like you know turn blue come on do it yeah you know and you're, you're, you're pretty sure strong you right like you seem did you <laughs> yeah he's he's, he's you know he's kind of uh uh teasing him about it and then eventually he gets in and he's like listen we're gonna be really good friends you're gonna forgive me for this and he punches him in the face uh then beast beast out and they attack mm-hmm. um which is super great i love i love this shot when um beast is chasing him down the hallway number one he's like you know jumping on the walls and the roof which like that seems disrespectful to the mansion um yeah. but, th- <laughs> but then also they they do one of these you know still shots facing the the huge stairway and, and wolverine just flies across <laughs> yeah. just like, yeah. getting thrown by beast which is really yeah. funny and uh they, they are continuing to fight one another until of course xavier kind of hobbles down the stairs and is like what what are you doing and xavier has this real like heroin chic thing going on right now which i don't yeah it's kind of a weird touch to me like he's obviously like drinking a lot or whatever but every time i don't, I don't know like he's just like kind of muddled and and in such a way that it makes me think like why are you wasting hank mccoy's time like hank mccoy obviously put his yeah. life on hold like can't you put down the bottle for a little while like yeah, yeah, seem, yeah. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of problems with the hank and xavier relationship in this to be honest with you it, it's just i think it is just uh hank never having a, an identity outside of being a student mm-hmm. you know really like he he isn't anything other than a student so he's going to stick to his teacher it's yeah, a real teacher so. with love kind of thing just man um, like, and, and it's, it's a lot of commitment for a dude that you you know met once <laughs> it, it definitely is like you know sticking with the thesis of the show that like xavier is a shit you know like this is definitely him being a shit like he is not very charismatic or good in this movie no not at you all know? um you know which which is which is all well and well and good um i like that you point out that there are x's engraved on the glass um i was reading trivia about this the production designers hid a lot of x's yeah, throughout yeah. the uh, the mansion uh these aren't hidden at all <laughs> like the the, the wikipedia said like there's all these hidden x's and then you watch a scene it's like oh there's just a fucking x like, yeah, right there. there's, okay. there's some stained glass with some light going through it i could clearly see the x in a stained glass i actually i was questioning like why is that there before realizing like oh like this is his old family home like i bet if i had a zillion dollars and i was building a mansion there'd be fucking j's everywhere like yeah. I, there would be every single door would be shaped like a j you'd have to the there'd G-Man. be two doorknobs on the top like i would just have to make you turn yeah. both of them before you it, and it would fold down somehow yeah. it'd be bad doors but they would all be shaped like j's so I guess I would do this you gotta now. make that in the sims 3 dude <laughs> castle J. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just, the Sims is so fucking weird to me. People keep t- explaining to me things that happen in the Sims and I'm just, I don't know how it happens. I don't know how the game presents you with the information that it does. It's so fucking weird. Uh, you know, well, the, the, I, I've got a, I've got a little balm for that is watch out for fireballs episode 200 coming out in a couple weeks. Oh, nice. We'll explain it all. Yeah. That's, oh, that's what wow. we're doing for our big anniversary uh, game this year. Oh, that's awesome. So, uh, that's and great. it's extremely fun. Like it is just like, it's a really great game. It's very fun to play. Mm-hmm. Like making houses in it is very fun and it just creates like goofy ass little stories. Uh, you know, so I don't want to burn cast or anything, but like every time you play, you will just get like weird little social stories 
that will happen. Like, uh, like the, the sneak preview is in this one, uh, I had to abandon my first save, but my second one, I, I live in an apartment. I've got a little dog and I made the dog dumb as hell. Like I, I don't like a smart dog. Mm-hmm. I, I like when dogs are dumb. Um, and I uh, didn't know how to cook. So I was trying to make waffles and I set my stove on fire. And the uh, okay. the fireman came in as a lady fireman, and my dog kept trying to uh, distract her from fighting the fire. And I'd click on my dog, and his he has a little taskbar of like things he wants to do, and it was like uh, get belly rub from Nancy or whatever the name of the fire lady was. And he kept like getting in her way while she was trying to like fight the fire because mm-hmm. he's a stupid little dog. Like just little things like that happen in it. It's a it's an engine for goofy shit like that. So. Yeah, I've been watching um, a little bit of the Giant Bomb has a series called The 13 Deadly Sims, where um, mm-hmm. one of the women on their staff has created uh, a bunch of the Giant Bomb people and then also like Austin Walker and Patrick and Patrick Klepik. And uh, every every session, she they pull something from the hat and it's the name of a person and a way to die. And she has to figure out like how to kill the person with the method. So like the first. Oh, that's pretty clever. That, yeah. And the first one I saw was. Um, it was death by blowfish, like undercooked blowfish. Mm-hmm. So she had to like go through all of this thing and get enough money to have a food cart and then make sure that the guy running the food cart was not capable of running the food cart correctly. So giving him the blowfish where it's unprepared or prepared the wrong way and then making the person eat it. Like it, and it, it was very weird and very like, I was like, how, how does this game work at all? <laughs> like it's just, I've never seen a game like yeah. this before. So anyway, it's, it's a, it's a unique and special thing. Like I'm, I'm a really big fan. So, um, so, so uh, uh, Logan Xavier, meets Xavier, yeah. our young Xavier, and then yep. explains basically like, hey, I'm from the future. And of course, like you, we go through this in every single time travel movie, right? Like someone is explaining what's happening that they don't believe it until the time traveler says, actually, uh, let me run you down when you were 12 years old and you started getting your powers and you could hear all these thoughts. And Xavier says, well, like I haven't, I've never mm-hmm. told anybody that. And Logan says, well, eventually you're going to tell everybody that like that's, you're going to share that with everybody. <laughs> you won't <laughs> fucking shut up about it. The, um, well, the, 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 it's important. The first thing he says, we get important piece of information here is he says like well just read my mind and he's like i don't have my powers yeah um because what xavier has been doing and this is another little real hand wavy thing has been taking a drug that lets him walk but takes away his powers yeah that's what that's um, the way that legs work <laughs> that's that's the way legs and power what yeah it, it's real silly it's it's some dumb super science shit when xavier walks in the comics like he has a suit that he gets uh during fatal attractions that like changes uh psychic energy to electricity essentially and he has like a little like skin tight mech suit mm-hmm. thing and that's dumb too but at least it makes some kind of sense the, uh, the this is just that, you know, the only the only thing that I that they kind of hand wave away this with is that the the serum and I think I read this I don't think the movie explains this but the serum dulls physical sensation um, so like that's the reason that it becomes a, a thing for for Hank because he doesn't you know he takes it once and he doesn't you know he doesn't feel he has to to, to beast out but it also it's presumably numbs his numbs Xavier's pain so that he can actually mm-hmm. walk through the pain. Um, Cause he's still kind of hobbling a little bit, even when he's walking around. Uh, but yeah, it's also taking away his powers, which seems like not the right thing to do, but who cares? Like it's, it's yeah. just a thing that explains why Xavier's it's having, just, having yeah. some issues. Yeah. It's just showing him at his, at his worst. And they're doing that um, thing Logan where they, ex- they, they really want to save that wheelchair moment, but for some reason, cause apparently that's a big moment, like when he loses his hair. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's really like Xavier becoming getting the, the superficial elements of Xavier are very important. It's like that first trade of uh Sandman where he has to go collect <laughs> <laughs> artifacts <laughs> yeah like, what the fuck like i know this will get good eventually 
um, Hank explains kind of what's been going on, and I, I really like this explanation. I actually kind of wish we could see some of this. So uh, Me too. after after the events of First Class, Xavier started the school, and everything was presumably pretty cool um, up until the Vietnam War. And the Vietnam War, yep. all of a sudden, all of the students got drafted, a bunch of the teachers got drafted, and they, they just couldn't keep the doors open. And then, of course, Raven left him at the end of First Class, so that was a blow. Eric left him because he's a you know a terrorist asshole. He's super villain, um, yeah. And uh, so, like, everything has been going bad to the point where he feels he has to just, like, numb himself, and now he's just dead in the water. And they've been in here for, like, you know, 10 years or so. Um, well, and it explains, like, why, like, how Banshee got autopsied. You know, it's, it, it's like Banshee, he got they, they, all these people. The reason why the government got a hold of all those people is they got drafted. Yep. You know, it's quite literally like, hey, we need as Azazel for war. Um, and then Azazel turned in his draft. Can you imagine, like, Azazel filling out his draft card? <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'm just picturing the scene from uh, the first Captain America movie where like skinny, <laughs> yeah, skinny Chris Evans like walks up and the guy like looks at him and shakes his head and like, but it's all like red paint Azazel with the fucking tail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any um, breathing conditions, son? Or <laughs> it's like, asthma. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so they go, uh, so eventually they, they, Wolverine gets him on his side. Logan eventually convinces him and then says, um, you know, actually we're going to need, we're going to need to go talk to one more person. And that's Eric. And, uh, they, they start laughing and they do the thing again that you mentioned, like, do, do you even know where he is? I was like, yeah, I know, I know where he is. Uh, but they don't explain it yet. Um, because we have to mm-hmm. go recruit another member of the team, even though this is not going to feel like a team at all. Like you mentioned at the beginning, um, yeah. he, uh, well, the, the- go ahead. Or they, they, they say like, do you know where he is? But they don't know why, like Wolverine doesn't know why he's there, you know, until, until they, they explain it. And I love that, uh, the idea of Magneto in the future explaining where he was, but not explaining why. why? Cause <laughs> he probably feels a little guilty about it. Cause you know, and, and also, was, uh, uh, Xavier letting him get away with it in the future and being just like, yeah, that's yeah, not an important yeah. part of it at all. He's just, he's just yeah. in the prison. Don't worry about yeah. why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they even says like, he's like, yeah, he's in there for killing the president, uh, which is of course Kennedy. And he's like, how else can you explain that a bullet changes direction like that? Mm-hmm. You know, which is, is very clever. That was, that's a Brian Singer ism for like all that guy's faults. Like that's an original Brian Singer idea. And that was originally going to be the uh, opening of the movie. Yeah. Was, uh, was it Magneto killing Kennedy? Um, which I like that's dorky and, and Forrest Gumpy, but I'm into it. I think it's, it's cool. Yeah. I mean like the, the, this, this, these two movies are very Forrest Gumpy in this. We talked about this with first class as well. Like having the yeah. mutants assemble at the peace accords in prayers. Like that's a, that was a thing that was a historical day <laughs> that all of a sudden now there's mm-hmm. a bunch of mutants at like, it feels real weird, but it's, yeah. it's kind of dorky, but it also works. I think on, on, on a lot of people, like it kind of, it grounds it with all the superhero shit in a good way. Maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I like it. Um, they're like, I know a guy who can get out of prison. I know he can get out of anything. It's weird that this isn't Nightcrawler. Um, you know, but he's, he's just, uh, probably cause Nightcrawler's too young, but he's just, you know, like, I know a guy. Um, who was that dude know, in Australia, hey, the, the, like, old one or whatever that could teleport anywhere? Gateway? <laughs> gateway. Yeah. Let's yeah. go to Australia. Like, right, go gateway. pick up somebody. They're, blank. Um, <laughs> they're, 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 you know. let's go get Blink's mom. <laughs> blank. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> Blank, 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 blank. <laughs> the three generations. <laughs> um, but he's just like, uh, you know, Hank's like, I suppose, you know, how will we find him? Hank says, we yeah, gets the rebos all the question. Xavier gives him a nasty look. And then they use a phone book uh, to find him. So we're going to get like the, the marquee scene of this, this uh, movie. But uh, before that, we get this Trask scene um, where Trask is stopping by his office. We have to camp out on this picture. 
uh, this this painting that he made. <laughs> what is it's this so painting? It's so funny. It is so funny. weird. It's funnier the more you think about it. So, uh, it's a, this, he's looking, she's looking for his secret chamber. It's behind a gigantic, like, oil painting he made of himself handing a mechanical leg to a girl in a wheelchair. Like, here you install it. Uh, <laughs> also, one. in the, in the painting, uh, Peter Dinklage is literally not looking at this girl at all. He's just looking up into the sky as if God had given him this idea somehow to hand it's this, so good. This, this leg to this, this poor child. It is, uh, it, apparently Brian Singer liked it so much he bought it and has it hung up in his house somewhere, which seems crazy so, to me. Like, I, yeah. I, I would love that painting. Like, I was, I was hoping Peter Dinklage had it. Like, I, I would hang that on my wall. I think it's a very funny, like, it's a little like, um, like Brad, uh, not Brad Bird, uh, the guy who, uh, does those paintings like that. He's got that painting of like, it's Chuck Norris making a mechanical arm, or it's Christopher Walken making a mechanical arm in his garage. <laughs> oh, or like, yeah. Chuck, yeah. Chuck Norris carrying a those. Sega into, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have it's, seen it's those like things. that. Just yeah. it, it feels it reminds you of that. Very, very funny, and it, it's like good you know, characterization of him. You know, one it explains like why he's a thing at all. You know, it's like oh, he's got uh, advancements in biotech or whatever. Uh, two, uh, he's got a real high opinion of himself. Yeah, absolutely. But um, we we very quickly realize this is this this as Trask is walking into his office. This is actually Mystique, and uh, she mm-hmm. she finds the the secret door behind the painting. <laughs> Which is also really good, <laughs> keeping up the uh, this trilogy's uh, you know kind of affinity for secret rooms behind stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, she, she goes in and starts finding some files. This is where I really expected to see like some crazy cameo stuff. Um, yeah. We do see like one folder that's related like you know the weapon program implying like a weapon X thing. Um, but really, all that she's looking for is this history on her on her on her former teammates, and uh, all of them have been autopsied. It was almost like they were apologizing for the bad characters in the last movie because you yeah. just see them. Like you literally see them on the table with the Y incision, like in some cases, like they, they, they took these mutants, these took these mutants apart after they were done, you know, presumably not winning the war with them somehow. <laughs> like if they had a Zazel, they should definitely have won Vietnam a lot sooner than 1973. Um, <laughs> Zazel could single-handedly win Nam. Yeah. Uh, that's what we get X-Men and Zazel Chronicles. Yeah. Like origins. Um, yeah. But um, and she sees all this, and of course it affects her. So she starts, you know, she's crying because these people were her friends, right? Like this was Angel and Azazel and um, um, Ice Queen, who uh, White mm-hmm. Snow White chick, that mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yep. Emma Frost, Emma Frost, the um, Snow White goth quick <laughs> goth chick, Emma Frost, um, and she almost gets caught by the secretary. This, this kind of thing, this happens in X two as well, a very similar thing uh, scene. And then she's just like, you know, can you print out my itinerary? She wants to know exactly where Peter Dinklage is during the peace accords mm-hmm. um, and says like, yo, I don't want to miss a thing. Uh, you know, essentially just like, I'm definitely going to kill this motherfucker. I don't want to close my eyes. Stuff. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah. Cause I miss you. Baby. I, Cause I miss you, baby. <laughs> I don't Are you all right, Mr. Trask? <laughs> <laughs> that song's not going to be written for another is... 17 years. Are you okay? <laughs> the, um, so, uh, we cut over to Logan, Xavier and Hank. They pull up to this house. Uh, the, the, the mailbox says Maximoff. Uh, so, you know, we know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mom answers door and she's like, what has he done now? <laughs> Go ahead and come in and talk to him. Uh, they walk past her uh, sister. There's a real cute, the sister is like pretending to be a little fairy, which is implied to be, you know, Scarlet Witch before the movies actually did something different with that. And, uh, and, and she's like, who are you? He goes, I'm Wolverine. <laughs> no, no, just, it's real cute that she's like, who are you, mister? And he's like, I'm the Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that uh, <laughs> Peter's mom just like, okay, come into my house. I'm just going to sit down and keep drinking. And then she tells uh, she tells a little girl, like, go upstairs and play with your sister. So Because I immediately thought this chick would be Wanda, but who, who knows? Like, maybe it's the upstairs sister yeah. that they never show. Um, yeah. they, they don't ever do anything with that, so that doesn't matter. Uh, it's a, it's such a cool, like, this is such a, I know we talked about this already, but if this had been Wanda, like, this is being these, like, 70s suburban kids is such a cooler origin for Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. A hundred percent. Like, I, I don't like Scarlet Witch in the Avengers movies at all. Uh, I, th- I think that she's, like, a, a really kind of a bad part of the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't like her in the second one. And Quicksilver, I don't like very much either. Like, I, I think that they're not very well done. Uh, I, uh, I don't so. they apparently the arrangement was like you can't possibly make them a mutant and they can never possibly be x-men people or whatever but um yeah that that doesn't necessarily matter to me as much as uh wanda's accent in the avengers movies because it, it make him sarkovian yeah yeah just and that she has that kind of like fake russian like you know it's almost like romani kind of thing that she's going for which is kind of yeah. you know what i'm saying like and then she drifts from that to just like her normal speaking voice it seems like randomly throughout the movie so it's really distracting and also her powers and, are and, just like shoot beams right like i'm gonna throw this beam yeah at or, you or, whatever. or whatever yeah yeah which is which is not very fun and i think just kind of like physicality wise i don't really like how she i just, I just don't think she looks the part mm-hmm. very well like i would have much preferred like a more eastern european like yeah, that too. Dusky mm-hmm. kind of brunette kind of thing, I think would have just looked a lot better for yeah. Scarlet. That's always how I pictured Scarlet Witch. You know? Um, like they go downstairs or something. and they, they, they find Peter, uh, AKA Quicksilver, playing ping pong with mm-hmm. himself in a room filled with uh, his, his, <laughs> his stolen goods, basically. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think they can call him Quicksilver in this either. They don't. They like, never that, do. That, yeah. that agreement is really interesting. Like on on the Avengers side, they can never actually, you know, say his real name, and here they can't say his fake name. You know, it, it's this uh, this this odd little bit here. Yeah. Uh, but, and and he's um, already checked him out. Uh, like he's already gone to the rental car and uh, like find found all their stuff. He steals. Uh, Xavier's wallet is like, oh, what's this gift, school for gifted kids thing? And Xavier's like, that was an old business card. Don't pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, um, and they're they're trying to convince him to to help them break someone out of prison. And uh, he basically says like, what is it? You know, what what does this have to do with me? And and uh, they basically say like, you, you weird little asshole. Like it's because you're gonna be able to break into the Pentagon. Uh, and isn't it, that cool? <laughs> isn't that a cool thing to do, Peter? And you know how uh, you know how how do I know I can trust you? Uh, they do the thing that, like, if I could excise one thing from the the X Men movies entirely, it would be characters just showing each other their powers. Mm-hmm. I think it's really sloppy. It's it's like one of the dumbest things in X Men Three, and it happens here too, where he's like, you know, show him, and then uh, Wolverine like his weird bone claws slowly inch out in a really gross way. It looks like his hands are taking three respective shits each, um, and, <laughs> and like, and and I love that you know Quicksilver's just like gross like yeah that's fucking nasty um you know but but i'll do it um and there's there's a really cool uh bit with this later too i love when uh this is cutting ahead to the next episode but where quicksilver is watching magneto do his terrorist shit on tv yeah like that's yeah. such a cool moment where he's like oh my god like what did i do you know? <laughs> yeah maybe maybe like, i shouldn't have done this <laughs> yeah maybe that guy was in there for a reason like i love that as a bit um but then we get to like a real scene stealing like amazing scene in this movie is this heist 
Yes, uh, and I am. Uh, I think I've told you this before. I am always down for a, a heist movie or mm-hmm. a heist scene in a movie. Like anytime a team of cool people that I like have to break into, or even like just a team of people. I don't even have to like them that much, but they want to break into a thing and steal another thing. Like I am totally here for that. Like Fast yeah. and the Furious, like Brazil edition works for me because they they are they spend that whole movie trying to figure out how to rob a police station. Like I'm I'm just fucking here for that. Like I love that. Yeah, shit. yeah. Um, and too. it works really well here. They're going to the Pentagon. I don't think we explained like Magneto is kept in a um, in a prison underneath the Pentagon, uh, filled with when there was an iron shortage. So it's yeah. all a concrete <laughs> and sand, and no, there's no iron rebar. Thankfully, that happened, I guess. Uh, but it explains like how he cannot just like how they can actually hold him. Um, mm-hmm. So they have to sneak in and, and get this dude. The first thing that happens is um, I think they they walk in as tourists and. Hank has a little doodad that kills the the video feeds and changes them all to Sanford and son, which is really funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, um, and Peter's and then, sneaking in. He's, mm-hmm. he's dressed up as like a food service guard. Yep. Um, you know, sneaks in, ta- you know, tapes up a guy in an elevator, uh, using his super quickness powers, goes down, uh, delivers the food to Eric, but he's written a little note that says mind the glass. Uh, and then uses his powers, which is a really cool application of it, of just tapping a glass really fast until it vibrates and breaks. There's you a know? there's which, a lot of this kind of bullshit on the Flash TV show, by the way. Like oh, really? using his powers to kind of phase through material or to kill somebody by phasing through their heart and then turning solid and all kinds of this stuff. All, all this this moving fast to go real slow stuff is real big on the Flash. The um, if if this glass can just be broken, what stopped Ma- and Magneto can just climb out once it's broken? What stopped him from like? throw in a, a desk up there or something like that, you know? Well, they, it seems like, I mean, I guess he couldn't get out once he got up, but. And that, that was the thing. As soon as he, uh, as soon as the glass breaks, the alarm goes off. Um, oh yeah. 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 And then, and he, he basically tells Peter, like, as soon as those doors open, there's going to be 20 armed guards. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and Peter kind of braces them. And, uh, you know, you could tell Eric is like, what the fuck is this kid doing? And he's like, Hey, I've, I've got to brace your neck so you don't get whiplash. And sure enough, like as soon as the doors open, you know, the, the, the MPs are rushing in and he blitzes past them and he goes so fast that all of them get like thrown up into the air and then they're just in the elevator. Now, yeah. Which is, which is super cool. What, uh, why are, uh, Logan and Xavier part of this at all? I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, it seems why does like Chris Silver just like speed, speed his way on out of the place? Why? You know? did, yeah. He speeds them. He speeds, he gets off the elevator at the, uh, at the kitchen where Logan and, um, uh, Xavier are at beast has used his, 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 his other, his same doohickey to set off the sprinklers in the kitchen. Like why was your super secret prison connected to the kitchen at all? Like I know eventually somebody has to go from the kitchen to the prison, but like, it seems like a weird thing to have an elevator to. Um, mm-hmm. and like, and then why not just speed him out the rest of the way? Like that seems like it'd be a way easier yeah. thing to do. Um, but Logan who cares? Logan because, and Xavier don't need to be here at all. Yeah. It, Cause yeah. again, Xavier doesn't have powers right now. He's just like a dude yeah. that went to college. He's a and bad actor. And then used his powers to hit on chicks. Like that's, yeah. His, <laughs> his superpower is not remembering the name FBI. <laughs> like when, when he shows up, he's like, everyone needs to leave. And they're like, who are you with? And he's like, uh, and just says some letters. Cause he's a fucking moron. <laughs> Even Logan um, looks at him like he's a fucking idiot. Like who is this guy? Yeah, I just, like, um, but the, this is important because, uh, they get in there, uh, Magneto and Quicksilver show up. They saber rattle a little bit, uh, you know, well, I you mean, know, Charles, I never thought I'd see you here. Xavier uh, straight up you know, punches like, that dude yeah. in the face. Like not even yeah, saber yeah, rattle. Yeah. The first thing he does is punch he that says dude saber, in the face. saber stablin. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, 
and and he and he's like you know he's you know here's the rule when we get out no killing and magneto doesn't say like yes i agree he says i don't have a helmet so you can control me whenever you want asshole Mm -hmm. you know like i don't uh this isn't my choice which is i think is a great moment um guys bust in they pull out guns and uh i didn't really pick this up the first time i saw it but magneto is going to execute them all like yeah. all the knives and stuff start vibrating like he is about to kill them all uh when uh they fire and quicksilver goes in this and we get our like marquee really phenomenal scene uh in this movie probably the coolest scene in this movie i think so um yeah. here yeah um, and th- them doing it again during the next movie is feels a little cheap like i'm still there for it but like this is so cool as an application of what quicksilver's powers are it, it is it's it's extremely cool uh so as you mentioned magneto kind of jumps all the metal in the room up like shit goes flying everywhere xavier like dives at um magneto at at magneto and like tries to stop him and that's when everything slows down and uh this dude (laughs) quicksilver puts his headphones on starts listening to like a 1970s slow jam jim croce uh, yeah and then uh starts running around the room and you know just running so fast that everything seems slow around him which must be make this his entire existence just absolute hell living in the real world i've always thought that with well, speedsters like it has to be so painful to be like slow um if you, if you uh if you still have marvel unlimited um read there's a very famous ep- issue of the 1990s x factor uh comic mm-hmm. in which a psychologist come in comes in and analyzes x factor and it's like the the good 90s x factor where it's quicksilver and multiple man and strong guy and stuff i I have definitely Um, read this because i collected all of those so yeah it's it's super it's a really good one and the the it's him going the psychologist going through all the different characters and talking to them and kind of getting to the the insides you know their motivations really really daring thing for 90s comics to do like that was the time of rob liefeld and pouches and shit Mm -hmm. um and uh, that's that's essentially the quicksilver section is just like imagine if your whole life everything you ever wanted to do felt like waiting in line at the post office like you know in the time it takes you to do this i could have done it a thousand times yep you know no wonder i'm a fucking asshole uh you know and it's it really gets to the heart of that guy's like character um in this scene he he kind of speeds around the room and we should, we should note there's, there's like five or 10 cops that are about to, that have opened fire on them when this starts. So like there's bullets flying at Logan and Xavier and Magneto. Um, he's Quicksilver is running around the room and doing things like, um, grabbing their gun and, you know, balling their hand into a fist and like carefully pointing it at their face and then pushing it just a little bit. And then yeah. going around and then like crossing people's arms together and making it look like they're about to punch each other or, you know, grabbing a bullet and moving it. So it's going to miss everybody and, and everything like that. So that when time unfreezes, everybody has knocked themselves out. All of the bullets have missed and the entire conflict is over. And like the other three that have just been standing there have no idea what happened. Really fucking it, effective. It's super- I really wish that uh, Wolverine, who knew this was going to happen, wouldn't have acted. <laughs> Surprised. That's the at all. reason you brought him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this, this is this is the whole thing. And one of the I love about this, and it, it's kind of it's a subtle distinction, but I'm a huge dork, so I'm going to make it. Um, in the comics, Quicksilver's superpowers don't really have relativity mm-hmm. to them, um, because that's that's one of the things about stopping time or moving really fast is that like things you know force is magnified uh, by by this kind of thing. So he just has to tap on something. You know, to, to, he just kind of touches someone's elbow and makes them punch themselves in the face so hard that they fly across the room. Um, here. Um, that's something I've always really liked with, with speed and time travel when that's fucked with. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shown here when he's like wall running, he's actually, you know, breaking the, the wall. Like tiles yeah. are flying up. Cause he, cause he's moving so much faster that the impact has increased. Um, there is a pretty shitty comic from the mid 2000s called NYX. Do you know about NYX? 
wasn't that the introduction of Weapon Twenty Three or something? Yes, actually, yeah, like yeah. it's the, that's the one noteworthy thing that came from this like non-story. Yeah, um, it's supposed to be a new team. Like inter- every issue introduced, <laughs> yeah, 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 Nikes, Nikes. <laughs> um, every uh, issue introduced a new character. The the character in issue one, you know, X twenty three ended up being the breakout star, which they didn't expect. Um, was a girl whose name I can't remember, but she had uh, powers where she could stop time. But she had to be like incredibly careful with this stuff because really early on she stops time and like punches somebody and like breaks their arm off because of like relativity. Like she can't like she can stop time, but she has to be super careful when she touches anything because she just has amazing force in that mode. Um, and I always thought that was a really cool like application of that. Like, it's that's cool, one of the like, reasons that um, some of the Ant Man stuff that I, that's kind of the reason I'm going to go into those mm-hmm. Ant Man movies is because of that like weird application of momentum that they do. You know, mm-hmm. flipping around and then turning small and then you know applying that to a, a huge object like you know accelerates that dramatically. I think that's going to be really fun to watch. I think so too. Yeah, um, and it's it's like the like the, 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 I don't think that movie is great, but it's the fun part of the first one too. You know, is like seeing the, those applications and stuff. So then the second one looks like they're going to double down on that. So uh, into that, but I, I just I like that as a thing for Quicksilver. It does make him at this point by far the most powerful X Man. <laughs> <laughs> like uh by by a country mile um until gene gray shows up um you know and and his fight his he kind of like stands toe to toe with uh the in the third movie which we'll get to a long time from now his fight with apocalypse i really like because he's he thinks he can just do this and he's really overconfident yeah uh, when he's fighting and can do it but apocalypse is just very powerful and manages to break his fucking leg by using this against him like he's running and they make something grab his foot you know as he's going and just like breaks his leg it's super cool but I, I love this sequence. Uh, I am I am way way into. It. I've watched it many times on its own, just on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's really it's, really it's really fun to watch. Fun. The uh, it's a really good. They, they do they they lean into the seventy soundtrack that they have been all all movie. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something that the, these two movies specifically and, and Apocalypse gets right to an extent too. Like the they they really live in their time period, which I I can really appreciate. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like generic nineteen ninety two thousands world or anything like that. Like it feels like it's very nineteen seventy three. So I can I can really get behind well, and, it. And they don't do it in the the last one. They did all those like uh, triptychs and like yeah, they don't do that. Stuff. Yeah. This one doesn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> they don't they Ocean's do Eleven this bad boy. <laughs> so they they walk out of the Pentagon from the kitchen. Um, they are not stopped. They just go get on a private plane, which presumably Xavier has because he has so many planes <laughs> and so many vehicles. Uh, That's why he they, came. Yeah, they tell uh, <laughs> his superpower is money bags. They tell uh, mm-hmm. Peter to return the pit rental car, and then they take off to go to Paris to uh, try to stop. Are they going to Paris right now? Yeah, because they, uh, they yeah, have, yeah. yeah they, they yeah because I was I was thinking ahead about something else. Yeah, they have they have figured out that that's where she's going to go. Yeah, they they know that she's going to go try to kill Trask. Um, on the way there, of course, like Eric tries to talk to Xavier and like have this conversation. So we have this really great kind of back and forth with. Um, because Xavier thinks he's mad at Eric, but Eric is really pissed at Xavier because yeah. in his mind, Xavier hiding in his mansion, let all of their friends die. Let all of the students die. Like, remember we, we talked about this in uh first class, the episode we could do on faster first class. They recruited all of these like teenagers and essentially Xavier mm-hmm. just like, yeah, they're in, they're in Vietnam now. I guess I'm just going to inject myself into <laughs> nowhere and just live in my mansion and let Hank wipe my ass all the time. Like that's, that's my life now. <laughs> Yeah, just really yeah. pulling Living the, the dream. Back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what they call it. Do you, do you mean to? Did you go boom boom? Do you need me to pull the curtain back? You need me to pull the like, curtain back, Zave? Yeah. Unky Zave, Zave. 
Um, um, and, you know, Charles, like, tries to yell at him, and he's... Of course, Eric asks because he's figured out that he doesn't have the powers yet. And he says, you know what? what why, don't, why don't you have your powers? And he says, well, you know, the serum I take that gives me my legs takes away my powers. And I really like this line read from, from Xavier where he said, you know, he's like, you, you take away your powers so you could walk? He goes, no, I took away my powers so I could sleep. Which I find, yeah. like, really just gets to the heart of some Xavier bullshit for me. Like, that's, like, having that kind of, like, I can't even fucking sleep. I haven't figured out how to control my powers yet to that extent is, is really good. Yeah. Like, really, really uh, relatable. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like, and it really positions, you know, this isn't always how these two characters are positioned against each other, but in this specific scene, Magneto is positioned as like a lofty idealist and Xavier is positioned as being more practical. Like it is good, well and good to have principles, but if you can't act, you still need to get the basics. Exactly down, right. You know? And, uh, um, and because this is Magneto and because Magneto has never done anything with like, you know, just a small amount of subtlety, like the whole time that he's yelling at Charles about the, the mutants that they lost, he's controlling the plane into a dive bomb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> the plane, which uh, Hank is flying for some reason, like the private plane, which Hank is flying. So that's really great too. Well, it's, uh, it's kind of cool too, as a, as a moment, just because he's kind of trying to scare Xavier into using his powers. You know, which is something that they did together with Banshee and did with the students, you know, a lot during the last episode. Like this idea that, like, oh, you don't have your powers, like, you know, you you weakling, you know, like stop me from killing us if you don't. You know, it, it's it's a real Magneto move, and mm-hmm. it's like a it's a thing that they perfected kind of together. Um, the uh, Logan and uh, Magneto kind of exchange some barbs. Yeah. There's a callback that comes this later, you know, where Logan says he's a survivor and stuff, but they kind of go back back and forth uh, here. Um, but mostly it's just kind of them again, kind of saber rattling a little bit, mm-hmm. saber rattling, saber rattling, saber, saber stabbling. Um, is this the point where Paris. Eric, Eric looks at him and says, imagine if those were metal when he pops his claws. Like, is that, cause I always thought that uh, he, was like a really bad line in this whole thing. Yeah. Like, that's, that's real, real, uh, we, we know. We've seen the other movies. He literally had his claws out just to, like, he just, he's going to have them out in a little while. We know he's Wolverine guys. We know. Don't worry. We haven't forgotten. Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember if that happens here, if it happens yeah. later. Um, so. so we go to Paris, uh, and we're at this bar where these generals from Saigon are celebrating their, their victory over, over the, over the devils of the U S. Um, and, uh, one of the generals kind of goes to the bar gets another drink and runs into Raven who, who completely seduces him almost immediately by speaking Vietnamese and then takes him upstairs <laughs> and promptly like, uh, she basically, he basically tells her to take her clothes off and, uh, she turns into, you know, her natural blue form and holds him up against the wall with her foot for a while until he passes yeah. out. Like that has to be the least efficient way to choke somebody out that I've ever seen in my entire, in my entire life. It's, it's the most efficient way to get me to come quickly though. Like it's Is definitely it? like a fetish, a fetish <laughs> yes. thing, a fetish. It's a fetish thing that I got. It's a fetish thing. <laughs> it's a f- damn. <laughs> she is shapes her, her and she got, I've got feet. a sexual fetish. <laughs> the, um, yeah, it definitely somebody somebody was turned on by that. I uh, um, I, I don't like this a lot because I think because she like turns around and starts like looking at other stuff while she's holding the dude up at, at, by her foot, and I just it looks real goofy. I don't think Jennifer Lawrence pulls this stuff off. Like, um, was it Rebecca Romaine who was the first Mystique? Yeah, like, she was. I don't know, and I'm not. This is not like comparing body styles or anything. Like, it's just like the character doesn't look quite right doing this karate bullshit to me when when we, Jennifer Lawrence we, is doing it. We we talked about it. Jennifer Lawrence has a very cherubic face. Yeah, a cherubic mm-hmm. face. Like she just looks, she's getting very baby faced and it gets a little bit better as the franchise goes on. It's extremely noticeable in the first one, but it's just like, I think that the, the, just too round, like just kind of too round and soft featured, you know, to, to make this look exactly right. You know, so 
um, but she's found out the uh, his schedule. So like he has this special meeting with Trask that's going to be ahead of the the actual you know piece of court. So they're there to sign. So that's what she's mm. doing there is to infiltrate that meeting. We go back to the plane and uh, Eric brings over uh, a chess game and some alcohol and is like, I haven't had a true sip in 10 years and like starts knocking them back left and right, which is pretty dope. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, uh-huh. let's get fucked up before yeah. we go save our, save the world. <laughs> That's a very Jeremy Greer thing to do. Like, are we saving the world? Give me a bottle of Johnny Walker <laughs> and like some ice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's he tries to convince Charles that he didn't actually kill JFK, that he was trying to save them. Like, he was trying to pull the, the, the bullet away. Uh, and he was trying to save him because uh, JFK was a mutant. And uh, yep. I remember, I couldn't find this on the trivia section. When this movie came out, I remember looking at the trivia stuff or, like, seeing this anecdote somewhere. But somebody said that his mutant power would have been his ability to charm people. Do you remember any of that going I around? Think I, Am I making that up? I do, too. Yeah, I don't okay. remember where I read it, but I definitely remember that somewhere. I don't know if that's a false like an interview or something. or something. But yeah, but I remember thinking yeah. like, yeah, that's that's a real like considering all of his like womanizing, that's a real shitty like. Is he the purple man? Is that what you're implying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's. I mean, he could just be like. It could be you know super charisma in general to the American people and stuff too. You know, as opposed to just being in a gross purple man way. Yeah. You know, but I, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is where this kind of crosses the line a little bit. Like I'm still down for it, but it's, it's no longer cool, stupid. It's kind of more stupid, stupid, like yep. funny, stupid, mm-hmm. you know, the idea that like, Oh, he was a mutant the whole time. Like that's a little bit silly, but, but it's, I think it's um, the reason he, that you get away with um, like Xavier, not telling Wolverine what he was doing in jail. Right. Because Xavier probably doesn't believe yeah. it. He believes he was falsely imprisoned um, in the, the future. Um, Xavier, I should say. I think that's from the comic. I think, I think that might be from like ultimate X-Men. Oh, really? that, that that little yeah. I think that, that this actually might be something from the comics, which is a real weird thing. But there's a similar sensibility between Brian Singer and Mark Millar that I can imagine them both, you know, like having the Magneto being involved with the Kennedy thing. I think that might be from the comic. Um, somebody, oh, here, hopefully, if, if somebody knows, please like tweet us because I can't remember. I, exactly I got it right that. here. Um, oh, what is it? It was uh, a screenwriter. Yeah, screenwriter Simon Kinberg speculated it was a telepathic form of persuasion. Gotcha. So that's what is definitely gotcha, from gotcha. from this. So okay. Gotcha, gotcha. I couldn't remember exactly where, where that came from. But um so Eric and Charles kind of chat about Raven. Uh and they're both, you know, a little bit like the it almost feels like a weird kind of dick measuring yes. contest in relation to like another person, which is really strange. Um they're both they're both a little bit weird um about there. About there. Like Charles is like, oh, like I'm more or less, you know, uh her dad like you know she's my little sister i raised her essentially and eric is just like you know no like what we had is much more like special primal or you know it's i can't remember the exact lines but it's definitely a more sexual bent to it. yeah and um fassbender does a good job of making this look super creepy by the way because i don't yeah. know like the, especially with how uh xavier is definitely doing the dad thing like when he says he raised her uh Z- magneto corrects him and says actually no you were raised with her like you didn't raise her yeah, yeah. her father um but yep. like xavier has this like weird shitty overprotectiveness that is kind of going to be like you know that's that's his downfall with raven throughout most of this movie um yep. is is trying to protect her from everything trying to control her whereas you know xavier excuse me magneto just lets her do whatever and that just wants her to be you know do all this heinous and evil shit so like neither one of them have her best interest at heart neither one of them are really seem to be like letting her have her agency magneto is kind of fainting towards that with you know she made her choice charles it's like you got in her head he's like well that's not my power and eventually like they just like xavier just gets tired of this is like fuck it let's play some chess <laughs> like i'm mm-hmm. done with this conversation yeah. i'll actually do it yeah mm-hmm. um and we're gonna actually start this is what we're gonna call it for this episode 
Yeah. And then we're going to pick up the next episode with the, uh, the big set piece, the, you know, that, that Paris one. And then there's some kind of like moving chess pieces around. And then we get to the climax, which is, you know, about 45 minutes of this movie. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's going to take a long, long time. Um, and for, for all of our conversation about the row cut, I don't think we've actually gotten to any of the content from the row cut. So none mm-hmm. of that has actually applied. We probably should have just saved that for the second part of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to let people know what we're going to do in case they're going to watch along. Sure. You know, yeah. or if they're going to they're watch it, like it's, it's worth, worth mentioning, but that's all going to show up in the next one. Um, look forward to that in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, instead of doing the feedback episode right away, we're going to do the Avengers season first. Yes. So we're going to be talking about Avengers United They Stand. Um, that will be the next episode after the second part of Days of Future Past. And then after that, man, after that feedback episode, I'm telling you, I, got, I need an excuse to watch that, the Wolverine movie. It actually should take place chronologically before this one. There's a teaser at the end of that for this. I know. The only reason I, I, do I haven't brought it up because the last time we talked about it, we, we talked about doing it for uh, the Duck Stream again. Like that was going to be the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I, but we don't have to either. Like, there's plenty of Marvel shit to go around. We could do that Hulk movie for the for the Duck Stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could do we could do all of the Hulk movies for Duck Stream. <laughs> <laughs> Ang Lee and the other kind. Yeah, yeah. Like, just um, go back to the TV series. Like, uh, let's do it up. Oh my god. That, that that if you've ever seen that show, it's extremely boring. It like, really, I, 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 I used to watch it as a kid and be fascinated by it, but like I can't imagine yeah. going back to it now. I'm 100 uh, percent not covering the 70s Hulk TV show on this show. <laughs> not a billion years. We're going to cover Sorry. the entire show on one podcast. And it's yeah. going to be the, yeah, exactly. the first 10 minutes are going to be us talking about watching the trailer, and the next 45 minutes are going to be us talking about who would the Hulk fuck. <laughs> That's going to yeah. be the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on brand. Um, the uh, like beast. The um, so the uh. uh that's what's going to come up. If you have a, we are going to do that feedback episode eventually though. So yes. as always, you can write in at, uh, uh, days of future cast at, is there, do you have an email set up for it? It's days of future com slash contact or, uh, yes. or, or just, uh, days Please. of future cast at Gmail. D- use the contact form. Cause I don't actually remember the Gmail yeah. offhand. So use the contact form that yep. goes to that Gmail. So that's, that's where we'll get that. Um, mm-hmm. talk to us about the Spider-Man episodes. Talk to us about these episodes. Or of course, as we'll be covering that Avengers season, uh, just talk to us about that as well. Or just general X-Men questions. Um, try mm-hmm. to keep those, you know, kind of short and brief, but if you want to tell a story, you know, go ahead and tell a story and I'll edit it down a little bit if mm-hmm. I need to. Um, if you want to support the show, uh, patreon.com slash duckfeed TV is a place to do it. You can find all sorts of mm-hmm. goodies over there and fund some cool projects. Uh, and I, that's just a, a great place to be. Get to join the Slack. Slack is a lot of fun. I hang out on the Slack all the yeah, time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. me and Gary are both around the days of future cast channel is usually kind of busy because we, we talk about a bunch of X-Men shit over there. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, whenever these Marvel movies pop up, like a lot of times we'll do a pop-up channel. So we had a, a very light, it's probably winding down now, but we had a very lively, uh, Avengers Infinity War, uh, Infinity War conversation, mm-hmm. like series of conversations over the course of about a month. Um, that's probably winding down, but you know, when the second one comes out or when, uh, you know, a big tentpole superhero film comes out, we do a kind of a private channel for it. And it's a great place to, to talk about it once you've seen it and not have to worry about spoiling other people and shit like that. Exactly right. So, yeah. Lots of fun over mm-hmm. there. Um, where, where are you at on Twitter, Gary? Uh, I'm at Gary Buh, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. I am at J.G. Greer. The podcast is at D-O-F-C podcast. Uh, come talk to us at any of those addresses. Come at us about mm-hmm. all of your opinions with the X-Men. Uh, we'll be back mm-hmm. in two weeks to finish off Days of Future Past. And uh, until then, have a great night, everybody. Umbasa. <laughs> Umbasa, since we talked about so much Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs>
that they wanted to put Gambit and Jubilee and like a couple of other mutants in this. And like, but that all that had to be cut for, you know, the interest of runtime. And I'm like, yeah, it's already two and a half hour fucking movie, man. Yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you going to do with Gambit? What was he going to do? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just like, you know, just like one of, one of those like Omega Sentinels show up. He's like, first we charged a card. And then just the, the Omega Sentinel just literally twist his head off like a fucking creep. You know? just, like, we just see like um, with the every time loop, we just see Gamma get killed in a different and more extravagant way. Oh, my God. I'm not recording. And we should, I should. This is good stuff. We're burning cast here. Yeah, I'm, uh, um, I'm actually I've been recording both of this. I'll throw some of the stuff in the. Oh, in good. The notes if it doesn't the, come the, uh, cause, yeah, the idea of it just being like if there was the the, you know. There'd be the road cut, and then there'd be like the the uh, cut cards edition, where it just has the uh, the gambit getting killed over and over and over in different timelines, <laughs> and uh, Shadowcat keeps sending Bishop back, and then like on the fifth or fourth time, like Gambit walks up and goes, you know, Kitty, I don't feel so good. What's going on? <laughs> and then and then she just kind of like looks at the camera and smiles <laughs> and sends Bishop back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, this was actually this is literally the plot of a um, um, of a supernatural episode. Believe it or not, a uh, no, uh, a cosmic, I, I do believe it at this point. A cosmic yeah. being traps the the two brothers in like this time loop, and uh, they wake up on Tuesday, um, and it's basically the you know uh, Groundhog Day thing. But um, he, he every day they wake up and Dean dies in a different way, and, and increasingly, like one time he just like you know a safe or a piano falls on him, and that's one thing. Or one day mm-hmm. he gets shot or hit by a car, and then one at one time like they start speeding through him, like he's just eating a taco, and he goes, "Does this taco taste funny?" And it just crashes <laughs> back to the music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fun stuff. Fun stuff about supernatural. Super, super fun. Yeah, that makes that that makes that sound good. Yeah. 